back to Let's Get Haunted with your hosts, Nat Strawn and Allie. We are finally fucking back after a little over a month of not posting any episodes and June was haunted as fuck. Natalia, do you want to tell everyone why we were absent for so long? Why? Like... Why is it always something with us? You know, like it's never just. I don't know. I tweeted this the other day. I said getting haunted is a lifestyle, not a choice. Like we didn't ask to be gone for this long. This is just the lifestyle we lead. And it's so offensive when people are like, LOL, like you're haunted. It's like, no, bitch, I didn't fucking choose this shit. (laughs) I didn't wake up one day and be like, oh, let me just have like a curse on anything I ever want to do, you know? No, I know. June was not fun for either of us. No. We we didn't leave you guys on purpose. There was just haunted shit happening. I don't we we both moved. Um Allie had a break in and an emergency surgery and we both were dealing with this um harassment issue. Yeah. I don't do you wanna like do you want to touch on those? I, I'm not sure if I should even talk about the stalker thing because like the main thing that the stalker wants is for us to talk about them. And it sucks because it's like literally so, like, you know, I want to tell everyone because you guys are family, but this person has like clearly said before in some of the harassment things to us that like, oh, the only reason I'm doing this is because I want like Nat's cult and like the Let's Get Haunted fans to um like get like get at me and like follow me and like pay attention to what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm not really sure if I want to give them that kind of just want to be like a big, you know, fuck you. If you guys have been following us on Twitter, I've seen a lot of people on Instagram being confused about where we are and why we've been absent. But on Twitter, I posted already some of these things. I mean, not in detail because there are attorneys involved whenever there's harassment that rises to the level that this situation has. So I hope you guys understand that we can't really get into that. But it's been really stressful, especially on Natalia, who's been getting the brunt of all of the issues. So it was just really stressful month. Like Nat said, somebody broke into my house again. If you've listened to this podcast, you You've probably heard about the first time somebody broke into my house. So I had to move. Nat was dealing with this harassment thing. And so because of that, she had to move because she got doxxed. And then uh, I had to get surgery in the time of COVID, which was not exciting (laughs) at all. Especially since Alyssa is like, you know, I'm like wearing a mask. I'm like listening to science. I'm doing all the stuff I'm doing. But like Alyssa, you know how fucking terrified she is of getting sick. So like terrified. I can only imagine so for you to have to go get surgery on its own would be like a life changing experience. But to go during COVID, I can only imagine. Oh, the man. Trauma. Basically, the part that's haunted <laughs> is what it's like being in the hospital during the time of coronavirus. I had a whole hospital wing to myself. You can't have anybody in there with you you had a whole hospital wing to yourself shouldn't that shit be fucking full of people okay well because i was not in the half of the hospital that's for coronavirus patients so half of the hospital is quarantined off where i'm located for coronavirus patients only and then the other half they're only having people who have like emergency problems stay in there everyone else is down in the er like i got taken into the er and then i had to go upstairs to a room to wait for my surgery 
and there's nobody up there. Literally. I was the only person in an entire wing. It was dark. It was scary. It was haunted as fuck. Did it feel like 28 days later? You know what I felt like? Have you ever seen... This is a really shitty movie, so you probably have never seen it. Have you ever seen the movie Sublime? <laughs> no. It's It sucks. Don't ever watch it. Wait, wait. Let me guess. They practice Santeria, and they've got a crystal <laughs> yeah. ball. They had a million dollars, but they lost yeah. it all. Is that the, the movie? How... Wow, how did you know, Natalia? That's exactly (laughs) what it was like being in the hospital. It was about having a million dollars and losing it all. (laughs) That that joke is so stupid. I know. (laughs) That joke was so stupid. I liked it. I appreciated it. No, Sublime is about this guy. First of all, it sucks. Nobody watch it. It's about this guy who goes into the hospital to get a routine colonoscopy and then some something like goes wrong and an air bubble gets released and it travels in through his bloodstream into his brain and then he's in a vegetative state and he's alive but like not really and then he's just having nightmares the whole time that he's he's like having nightmares that he's in the hospital and he's done with his colonoscopy but that like he can't get out of the hospital so he's like running around oh. this like empty hospital wing and he can't figure out how to get out and it's like super traumatic and that's what it felt like it's like every time I woke up from like my morphine dreams I was like am I dead am I in the movie sublime that shitty shitty movie that would be purgatory just being stuck in the shitty plot from the movie sublime if you watched the movie sublime and you enjoyed it (laughs) fuck you because it was not good but it was traumatic and it stuck with me all these years well um I sent uh I mean not I I'm sorry um, there, were, I saw that you got flowers from Let's Get Haunted fam and Liam Neeson <laughs> and Ghosts and Golgs and uh, who else? Um, definitely not Natalia. It was not Natalia that sent me these flowers. It was 100% Liam Neeson and Nick Cage and Ghosts and Aliens. Thank you to all those people, but yes. not to Natalia because she didn't send them. Right. So if you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh, Allie had emergency surgery. Like, oh, I feel bad. Don't feel bad because you sent her flowers already. Exactly. It was from LGH Thanks, fam. guys. Thank you to the LGH fam. And speaking of the LGH yeah. fam, last month, as you guys know, we pledged that we would be donating 100% of any donations that you guys sent us to the Loveland Foundation. And for those of you who maybe didn't tune into last episode, I know it's kind of been a few weeks since we've posted. Nat, do you want to explain to our listeners what the Loveland Foundation is? The Loveland Foundation is a foundation which provides black women and children with access to therapy and counsel for mental health because everyone should have access to a therapist. Yeah, definitely. And if you guys have listened to our podcast before, you know that we we think everybody needs therapy. All of us are a little <laughs> bit haunted on the inside. And this is a charity that we felt was really fitting for our podcast and the stuff that we talk about, about how everyone needs therapy. And unfortunately, not everyone has access. Minority communities suffer the most when it comes to access to basic health care, including therapy. Exactly. And so if you guys donated to us in the month of June, guess what? We donated to the Loveland Foundation on your behalf. So right. now we're going to shout you out. Oh, and we also told people if they were reading about the Loveland Foundation, and it didn't resonate with them. And instead, they wanted to donate directly to another charity that benefits the black community. Um, we said that's totally fine. And we will still shout you out and to just let us know if that's what you did. So these are the names of listeners who donated either to us and therefore to the Loveland Foundation because we passed those donations on 
or they donated directly to the Loveland Foundation, or they donated to another charity of their choice. Von L, Alana M, Donna M, Cade M, Ephraim P, Connor H, Leah G, Madison F, Guillermo L, Carrie Lurie M. Thank you to Mia and her husband, Ephraim P, Kins, Taylor M, Kelsey S, M Z Maurice R at Governor underscore issue underscore Joe and that's government at government underscore issue underscore Joe. What did I say? You said governor. (laughs) 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 Sorry. At government underscore issue underscore Joe. And there was also a comment from Karina who said, hi, ladies, I was going to donate this to LGH this month of June because it's officially been a year since I stumbled across your podcast. But obviously, in light of recent events and your requests, I've donated several different funds. I was wondering if instead of getting a shout out for myself, if you guys wouldn't mind if I asked you to remember Abdi Sharif, uh, who was a black teen who I suspect was murdered, but whose case wasn't taken seriously by the PD in my hometown. And all the other innocent black lives lost. Again, that's Abdi Sharif, uh, A-B-D-I, and then last name Sharif, S-H-A-R-I-F. And that is an excellent suggestion. Um, Do you want to read off who we should have a moment of silence for, Alyssa? Absolutely. I think if you guys are listening from the U.S., or I know we have um, a pretty large international audience on this podcast, but I feel like U.S. current events are pretty globally broadcasted. So if you've been paying attention to the news, you know that June especially was a very difficult month. A lot of things came to a head that have been happening in our country for years and years and years. Um, And there's been a lot of violence uh, suffered by the black community, and that's not okay. And luckily, a lot of people are coming around and talking about these issues. So Karina, thank you so much because I think like Nat said, that's a great suggestion. So let's go ahead and have a moment of silence for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Elijah McLean, Atatiana Jefferson, Ara Roser, Stefan Clark, Botham Jean, Philando Castile, Alton Sterling, Michelle Cousseau, Freddie Gray, Janisha Fonville, Eric Garner, Akai Gurley, Gabriela Navarez, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, Tanisha Anderson, Abdi Sharif, and the countless others Black Lives Lost. And for the people who donated directly to charities, some people shared with us the amount that they donated and some people didn't. Obviously, from Venmo, we can directly see what people donated. So it looks like as a community, we've raised somewhere around $600 to $700 for charities this month of June, which is literally amazing. Thank you guys so much for your generosity and for caring about others, even during this horrible pandemic situation that has many people living off of unemployment right now. So that like is so generous and we're just so thankful to have this community of people who are standing up for what's right and putting their um, wallets where they can help. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And like Nat said, I know all of us or most of us are kind of struggling right now financially. A lot of people are out of work. And so just the fact that we were able to raise 
you know, six to $700 for several different charities, I think is just amazing because I know a lot of you guys have tweeted at us and said, oh, you're really helping me get through quarantine or you're helping me get through this layoff. And so I just really want to thank you guys. We're so grateful for this platform. We don't take it for granted at all. And we're so honored that you guys made the effort to donate to these charities um, this month. Yeah. And that that is way more than we would receive in a normal month too so like yes. thank you guys so much for answering that call you know and really really um donating last month that's awesome yeah definitely and also um i had tweeted man natalia how many times have we tried to do this intro i just want to do a little aside here how many times do you think it's like 69 times yeah. <laughs> this is like try number six or seven probably six or nine yeah 69 it's a lot it's we a just lot. things keep change things in our lives keep changing so drastically and like there was a few times we recorded this and we started recording and then our fucking cameras died or the microphone died or phones died or something because let me remind you guys again that we are just two normal people <laughs> who made a podcast so we don't have like a studio or anything we Alyssa lives about an hour and a half away from me so mm -hmm. we're remote recording this we ha are facetiming each other on our phones and then have headphones on so that like our voices aren't um the other person's voice isn't heard by the mic and then we're recording into a program so there's like so many things that could go wrong you know like and all the of them connection isn't strong enough yeah there's always there's so many things like there's so many room so, so much room for ghosts to just come in and fuck everything up exactly basically. and so we tried six or seven times to do this intro and then by the time that we would get around to edit. It was like either Nat was moving so or like I was moving or I was in the hospital or Nat was in court. And it's just like there was never by the time I started trying to edit all of the takes, all of the different takes we'd done. It, it just felt like none of the stuff we had talked about was relevant anymore. It was like one of the takes is was from like. I want, to, I want to say like the very end of May or something. And it was like we were way too happy in that take. And that is not <laughs> like reality right now. And then there was another take from June. Uh, and then there was another take from June. And then another take from June. And it just one of them we went really deep into the harassment situation. And then now we've decided it's not worth the energy. And so we've just we've tried so many times to record this. Um, and that's why part of the reason why this episode has kind of come out a little bit later. Yeah, there's just so many things to address. And, you know, we don't want to take lightly any of the stuff that's going on here. So it's kind of hard for us to be like lighthearted and fun about anything that's, you know, you don't want to put something out that makes it seem like you don't give a shit about anything. Exactly. Even though it was recorded like a month before, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah and so, so I hope I hope you guys know that you know, we're going to have some fun on this podcast because I definitely believe in escapism to a certain degree. I think that there's so much bad stuff going on in the world right now that we kind of all need to come together and take advantage of this community that we've built to do some good, donate to some charities, um, and also read off some listener emails because that's what this episode is about and hopefully have some entertainment because it's hard. I think we need a little bit of levity right now. We're in the middle of a pandemic globally, not just in our country. Our country's handling it pretty poorly, but you know, this is affecting everyone, no matter what country you're from. 
And then, of course, we have, like we were just talking about, violence, um, a lot of terrible things happening in the U.S. right now. So, yeah, we've got protests going on as well. We've got just people in general not happy with the way things have been going. And, and yeah, we've got tons of people on unemployment right now. You know, I drive around this city sometimes and I'm like, this is it's like all boarded up. I had to go by my old place today to go pick up some stuff because I'm almost done moved out of there. And it's like, yeah, like a lot of the businesses around there have just not made it. And, you know, I don't a lot of people have shut down. Yeah, I don't I don't know a lot of um, small businesses that are surviving through this. I know the studio that I was working at was not doing very well because their main clients were people who worked for these uh, corporations that were in downtown and now everyone's working from home so their clients are gone now you know they're just like it's it's just fucking everyone's in the same boat it's a fucked up boat on fire it's like okay this boat that we're in is like that viking burial boat there's just like a fucking dead body on it burning with like (laughs) coins on the eyes and you're like um i'm sorry i'm supposed to be like on that ferry that's like going (laughs) they're like no get on that fucking dead corpse burning shit bitch you're like well isn't this supposed to like isn't this like a funeral like isn't this gonna like you know like all like turn into fire and like not be able to go anywhere because it's made of wood and it's gonna like burn into the ocean they're like shut the fuck up bitch get on that viking boat (laughs) you're like okay bye everyone yeah okay i guess i'll get on this like burning sinking ship with a bunch of dead people and like it's fine everything's fine oh it's like that meme of the dog sitting at the table and everything's on fire and he's just like this is fine That is our podcast. I've actually had people tweeted us that meme being like, this is Allie or this is Nat or this is LGH. And I think that that I'm sure a lot of people relate to that meme, but I just feel like that's so us. Like everything is constantly on fire and then we're just trying to laugh through a podcast. Well, guys, I know a lot of you had requested that we talk about some haunted stuff in the news. So let's switch to a more lighthearted note before we get into your listener stories. And I'm going to read speed read some articles to natalia and she's gonna react to them natalia are you ready yeah okay let's let's sorry wait should i be more excited oh my god yeah (laughs) it's been like three months since i heard a story (laughs) okay here we go story one please let it be actual hauntings and not just sad stuff okay i mean no guarantees (laughs) to be honest with you but we'll see Okay. okay let me start with this one um did you hear that the Pentagon is going to make their UFO files public? I think I saw a tweet about that, and I was like, it's about time, losers. Right? Okay, I'm going to speed read you this article from the New York Times called No Longer in the Shadows, Pentagon's UFO Unit Will Make Some Findings Public, written by Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Keene. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay. Despite Pentagon statements that it disbanded a once-covert program to investigate unidentified flying objects, the effort remains underway, renamed and tucked inside the Office of Naval Intelligence, where officials continue to study mystifying encounters between military pilots and unidentified aerial vehicles. Pentagon officials will not discuss the program, which is not classified but deals with classified matters. Yet, it appeared last month in a Senate committee report outlining spending on the nation's 
nation's intelligence agencies for the coming year. The report said the program, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, was, quote, to standardize collection and reporting on sightings of unexplained aerial vehicles and was to report at least some of its findings to the public within 180 days after passage of the Intelligence Author Authorization Act. While retired officials involved with the effort, including Harry Reid, the former Senate Majority Leader, hope the program will seek evidence of vehicles from other worlds, its main focus is on discovering whether another nation, especially any potential adversary, is using breakout aviation technology that could threaten the United States. Senator Marco Rubio, the Florida Republican who is the acting chairman of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, told a CBS affiliate in Miami this month that he was primarily concerned about reports of unidentified aircraft over American military bases and that it was in the government's interest to find out who was responsible. He expressed concerns that China or Russia or some other adversary had made some technological leap that allows them to conduct this sort of activity. Mr. Rubio said some of the unidentified aerial vehicles over U.S. bases possibly exhibited technologies not in the American arsenal. But he also noted, maybe as, maybe there is a completely sort of boring explanation for it, but we need to find out. In 2017, the New York Times disclosed the existence of a predecessor unit called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Defense Department officials said at the time that the unit and its $22 million in funding had lapsed after 2012. People working with the program, however, said it was still in operation in 2017 and beyond, statements later confirmed by the Defense Department. So basically, that whole article is them being like, there's a UFO unit? And then they're like, well, yeah, we have to figure out what other country on earth is coming up with this cool technology that we don't understand when in reality they should be like well yeah aliens well so some i was reading another article it's not in this article but i was reading another one that said someone that formerly worked in that agency was like no there we saw like we confirmed that there was a alien vehicle like a vehicle not from this earth that crash landed and it's currently yeah an off war i saw that too it was like yeah an they said, I think the word was off-world vehicle, mm -hmm. which fucking sounds tight as shit. Yeah, it I'm does. into off-road vehicles, and, like, what could be more off-road than off-world? Like, it's literally not even on this terrain of this planet. Yeah, nothing is more alien than an alien vehicle. I was thinking more, like, nothing is more off-road than, like, an out-of-world <laughs> vehicle, but, <laughs> but, yeah, that too. <laughs> I was like, that's super metal. Wow. Also, do you remember uh, when President Trump was elected and he had said, unless this was a fever dream, correct me if I'm wrong, but I seem to remember him saying, if I become president, I will make all the alien files public knowledge. And so I'm like, maybe because he's probably not going to win this election. Um, it's just my personal opinion. Maybe he's like, oh, shit, I never followed through on my promise. I better, like, make all the alien files public this year before the election so people reelect me. He said that? I'm There's no sure. way. Because that's... I'm pretty Honestly, sure he said that. if I was president, that's what I would say. Look, like, for, running... Yeah. Natalia's running. I would be like, first of all, I'm going to tell you guys whether or not mermaids are real and get, get all this alien shit public. Exactly. Also, no taxes. Also, Nick Cage is my running mate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care if he doesn't want this. That's what Just he's doing. Just a bunch of now. empty promises. Yeah. Everyone's going to get a metal detector and whatever you find <laughs> is yours. That's how our social security system works. I'm abolishing social security, but everyone gets a metal detector. <laughs>
my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready for wow. the second article? Yes. Okay. Did you hear that TikTok witches hexed the moon? No. Okay. Let me speed read you this article written by Eric. What does that even mean? Well, well they hexed it. I'm Isn't about the moon to tell you. Your friend? I'm about to tell you. So this was written by Erica W. Smith, and it's called Um, Did TikTok Witches Really Hex the Moon on Cosmopolitan.com? That's the inflection I imagine it was written in. Okay. If 2020 wasn't bad enough, we may now be in a fight with the moon. According to a viral <laughs> according to a viral Twitter thread and numerous TikTok response videos, a group of TikTok witches hexed the moon and potentially angered some deities. As Twitter user at @heyadora put in a thread posted on Sunday, a group of fresh baby witches who quote specifically stemmed from witch TikTok aka witch talk hexed the moon and now they're planning on hexing the sun and apparently gods including apollo great god of the sun are pissed they're not accepting offerings and candles won't light for them according to at heyadora while the hexers can expect a lifelong curse on themselves and their bloodline the rest of us should be worried too because apollo is the god of health and medicine and we are in the midst of a pandemic i reached out to at heyadora for further information but they didn't respond however i did hear back from a twitter user who says he hexed the moon. He goes by Stubbs, a.k.a. at Rodney Stubbs, and he says he worked alone and isn't a baby witch. Quote, a lot... <laughs> This is so they, ridiculous. Like, taking offense. They're taking offense to being called a baby witch. Exactly. Like witches are throwing that around like, oh, you fresh, like you're new here to the witch scene. Like that's some sort of insult. Right. Okay. So he says, quote, a lot of people were saying it couldn't be done. So I tried to do it and it worked. Stubbs tells Cosmopolitan via DM. He says he lit black candles, used string and photos to bind the moon and focused his energy at the moon via a telescope. Then I just recited a spell over and over until the moon got visibly dimmer, he says. The next day, people started going crazy talking about the moon being hexed, which I hadn't told anyone about yet, so I know it must have worked. He adds, hexing the moon was like blowing up Alderaan in Star Wars. And like Alderaan, the moon was just a test. Next up, he plans to hex the sun. First, <laughs> is this just an evil guy? Yeah, I don't like, know. What is his motive? Dude, everyone is so bored on quarantine. That is my takeaway from like most of this stuff. It's just everyone is so fucking bored. Okay, Cosmopolitan continues. So um, how worried should we be? I reached out to some practicing witches to find out. First of all, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in a long time. When I saw this thread pop up on my Twitter, Twitter feed, I initially thought that this was a video game or something from a movie. However, scrolling through the comments, people were actually taking it seriously. So I applaud the creators of this rumor for trolling the fuck out of the entire mm -hmm. online witch community. Brie Luna, founder of The Hood Witch, tells Cosmopolitan. No, you can't hex the moon, nor any celestial body for that matter, and why would you even want to? Why hex the cosmos when you can hex white supremacy, hex patriarchy, hex the global leaders that continue to uphold corrupt and injustice systems of power? Sarah Potter, a witch and psych psychic medium, agrees. To my knowledge, it is not possible to hex the moon, she says. However, she adds that hexing the moon could be dangerous to the hexers. Hexing is powerful and should not be taken lightly, she says. In witchcraft, when we do spells and energy work, we must be mindful of the energy we are interacting with. Whatever you are putting out, you will get back. So basically, whatever you think you are doing when you are hexing the moon, I would not want to play with that fire. They will probably be very sorry. Thoughts, Natalia? Well, 
I have a lot of thoughts about this, and my first thought is that this meme that this guy who <laughs> hexed the moon has on here is fucking... <laughs> Okay, this guy Ro- at Rodney Stubbs who says that he hexed the moon, he just has a picture of a Furby <laughs> squinting and it says, me to Apollo, fight me you little bitch. <laughs> so like, yes, they're clearly trolling and well done, sir. But also, I think it's like, look, I really want to believe in this. Fuck it, hex the moon, let's do it. But also him saying that he like pointed a telescope at the moon and then just hexed it until it got dimmer. Like, doesn't the moon just get dimmer on its own? <laughs> like every night? Like when right? the sun starts rising, you can't see the moon as well. And then Rodney's just like, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I fucking did yeah. it. <laughs> I love that Rodney Stubbs used that Furby meme that you pointed out. And I'll probably post this to the Instagram with the photo dump for this episode. Because do you remember when you had a witch circle at your house and your neighbor brought a Furby and then everyone had nightmares because the Furby was bad vibes? <laughs> no, we all had nightmares, but you are set on believing that it was the Furby. It like, was the it Furby. It could have been anything. Look, someone out there, if you are listening, for the love of God, tweet at Natalia and tell her that Furbies are haunted. I can't be the only one. <laughs> I think that Alyssa is a lawful good. So when she saw that like everyone else put a crystal to get charged and and then someone put a Furby. She was like, no, this is not how it's supposed to be. Now we're all haunted. We were all we all had the same nightmare. There were like four of us that had the same nightmare. And it was because of that Furby. <laughs> I think it could have been because it could have been because of me. It could have been because of anything. But OK, fine. Someone out there who has experience in is not a baby witch because apparently we don't want those. <laughs> they're, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Will you please tell us if Furbies are haunted or not? You know that meme of like the, it, it'll say something and then it'll be like, change my mind? Yeah. Okay. Furbies are haunted, change my mind. That's the new meme that I'm going to post to our Twitter as soon as this episode goes live. Oh my live. God. And then well, you everyone's guys, if gonna, you want to change my mind, you agree can comment on it. Everyone's going to agree with you and then you're going to feel so validated and then you're going to go on the let's get haunted Twitter and like retweet people <laughs> saying that they agree with you. I know you. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. If one of you disagrees, I will retweet one of your opinions. Okay, listen, let me tell you a story. There was a young, Uh there was a young little girl who lived out in the country and didn't have any friends her own age or her and no little kids to play with. But she had a Furby and that Furby was her best friend. And they had so many fun adventures together. And then that little girl was me. <laughs> so And that little girl can- grew up to be the most haunted fucking human <laughs> of 2020. <laughs> Do you see the correlation? Okay. All right. I've got now one I more story. One more story for you. Now okay. I see what you mean. This is a story about treasure. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to speed read it to you. And then you tell me your thoughts. The article is written by Ndeya Yancey Bragg on usatoday.com. And it's called Treasure Chest Worth One Million Found Hidden in the Rocky Mountains After a Decade of Searching. Nuh-uh. Yeah. A treasure chest full of gold, jewels, what? and other gold? valuables worth worth $1 million was found in the Rocky Mountains, according to the man who hid it there more than a decade ago. Art dealer and author Forrest Fenn confirmed that the search is over in an announcement on his website Sunday. 
Fenn said he didn't know the person who claimed the treasure, but a poem in his book led him to its hiding spot. Quote, it was under a canopy of stars in the lush, frosted vegetation of the Rocky Mountains and had not moved from the spot where I hid it for more than 10 years ago, Finn said. I congratulate the thousands of people who participated in the search and hope they will continue to be drawn by the promise of other discoveries. The 89-year-old told the Santa Fe New Mexican that the treasure was found a few days ago by a man from back east who did not want to be named. Finn said the discovery was confirmed with a photograph. Fenn inspired thousands of treasure hunters when he announced years ago that he had hidden the chest somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. The treasure was said to be north of Santa Fe, New Mexico, and many deciphered clues from Fenn's writings, including a 24-line poem published in his 2010 autobiography, The Thrill of the Chase. The hunt proved deadly over the years. In 2019, the Gallatin County Sheriff's Office in Montana warned that at least two people died, two were rescued near death, and others had run-ins with police as they searched for the treasure near Yellowstone after after a man was injured searching for the prize. In 2017, a body was found in New Mexico that appeared to be Paris Wallace of Grand Junction, Colorado, the pastor who went missing while searching for the treasure. The year before, the body of Randy Ballou, 54, was found months after he disappeared while looking for the treasure along the Rio Grande. Finn said on his website that more information and photos will come soon. When asked how he felt now that the treasure has been found, Finn told the Santa Fe New Mexican, I don't know. I feel halfway kind of glad, halfway kind of sad because the chase is over. Is that guy just a psychopath? Like, he's like, yeah. let me just <laughs> devote my life to fucking watching, making a game out of other people's lives as they try to find this gold that I hid. Basically, like, all these people just, like, died searching <laughs> for it. But you know what? On the other hand, he gave these people a purpose, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, they had shitty lives, obviously. If they had anything that was, like, not worth leaving, they wouldn't be like, I'm going to go abandon it to find this hidden case of gold. Trust me, I have the same thought. Yeah, <laughs> Natalia has the exact same thought every episode about how she wants to go find gold and risk life and limb and heroin needles. If you've ever watched the episode where she says she wants to go into the L.A. River and <laughs> find gold. She does not care for her well-being. She just wants the gold. And these people had that same mentality, and he gave them hope. And now their names live on in infamy, even though they died. I Okay, here's what I think. Um, Actually, yeah, here's what I think. I think that death is a part of life, and sometimes you got to risk it to get the biscuit. And if it wasn't super treacherous to go find this gold, then it wouldn't be cool, you know? It's like anyone right. could do it, right? Then it like wouldn't be right. so special. So the fact that they lost their lives searching for gold is really tight because they could have lost their lives like in their car on the way to their shitty job. You know, I think you're I think you're right. Well, Natalia, that was the last article I had for you. Which one was your favorite out of all the ones I just read? Um, Definitely the treasure. Like I'm still wrapping my head around it just because so the baby TikTok witches is just like some young people like just looking trolling people online, which is hilarious. But, you know, it's um it's not necessarily like groundbreaking. I don't think the moon actually got hexed. Um, right. And the UFO story to me is just obviously stuff that I've known forever. Like as soon as we saw those Pentagon right. videos, we were like, oh, yeah, aliens. And but this treasure guy, 
I just need to know more about this man. Like, what's his deal? Maybe we'll do an episode on him. He's obsessed with the chase. Yeah. Honestly, typical men. Like, they're just obsessed with the chase. Once you commit, like, once once the chase was over, <laughs> he was just like, oh, well, this isn't that cool. It's like, okay, can't you be happy for someone? Their life has been totally changed by finding this million-dollar treasure. And here you are, like, making it about you. Fuck you, Forrest Fenn, but also you're awesome. Yeah. And I would also hide treasure <laughs> if I was wealthy enough. Yeah, I mean, we could just hide, like, what if, okay, so we might not have treasure, but we could hide some other stuff that people want. Like, what if we have, like, a secret episode of Let's Get Haunted, and we, like, put it on a floppy disk and go, like, hide it in the woods somewhere and tell people, like, here are the coordinates. Okay, so you want to know something? <laughs> um, do you remember the YouTube channel SourceFed, right? Yeah. Okay, when they got shut down, they did a whole episode, like I think a bunch of different episodes where at the end, they would like say a number or a clue. And it was basically a bunch of coordinates that led to, I don't remember what it was that they hid, but they were like, oh, a fan is definitely going to figure this out and find it. Okay, then the channel got shut down and they were like, okay, someone is for sure going to go find it. And they would check every once in a while. No one ever found the treasure. Is it still, can someone still find it? I think someone finally ended up like taking it or maybe like... Yeah, I think someone finally ended up taking it, but like nobody ever, no fans ever caught on. What was the treasure? I don't remember what it was. I want to say it was like a, maybe like some merch or like some memorabilia from the office. I don't remember, but it was like, they were like, <laughs> that's so sad. I know nobody ever found it, but also all of the SourceFed fans that never went and found it are probably so bummed if they ever hear this and find out that there was like office memorabilia that they could have had yeah so guys maybe we'll do that yeah what would we put well yeah okay now i feel like it's been long enough that like the stalker has like heard and been like oh they're not gonna talk about me okay i'm not gonna listen to the rest of this podcast i want to say one <laughs> thing about it so when i was reading off the donations in there like for the venmo one of the one of the things just says stalker because the stalker donated three dollars to our coffee account when she figured out that like we had blocked her on everything and she couldn't like harass us through any social media. She found the only way to like communicate with us was through donating. So she donated $3 to Alyssa's coffee account and then said, get some black dick with your black coffee. And I was like, in what world can I get dick and or coffee for $3? Like if you're giving away your dick for $3, like we need to talk because you're underselling yourself. You need to start an OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're really underselling yourself. I don't even know how to talk about the harassment issue because it's so batshit insane that no amount of, we could probably spend like five fucking hours of podcasting talking about this harassment thing. But I just want to reiterate what Natalia said. Somebody hates us so much that when they realized we had blocked them on all social media and all of our email accounts, they donated money to us so that they could tell us how much we suck. That is how motivated <laughs> this person is. I have never hated someone so much that I gave them money so that I could tell them how much I hated them. I cannot even honestly, imagine. Honestly, the way that the, the, the amount of time and energy that this person has invested in tweeting at us, in DMing us, in emailing us from all other accounts, in putting together campaigns against us. Like, I want to be like, bitch, 
how much do you charge? Because will you fucking work for us? You like are spending so much time. Like, please, like we will pay you to just start. Like, you know, she's so good at managing time. It's like four o'clock in the morning. She doesn't and she's, need like, sleep. Sending out. Yeah, and I'm like, have you been training for this? Like, have you trained your whole life for this moment? You were just waiting for just like two bitches with a shitty podcast to come into your life. You have like all these roasts ready to go. Like you have a fucking book underneath your bed that's just like when I meet those two bitches with a haunted podcast this is what this is my plan you you guys in one of the emails this person sent us they said oh I can't believe you had Jamie Kennedy on the podcast on your shitty reddit sourced podcast oh I know Jamie Kennedy too maybe I should get him on my shitty reddit sourced podcast oh that's right I actually have talent so I would never do that and I was sitting there reading this and I was like this person clearly doesn't even listen to our podcast because this person thinks they're roasting us but like I've accepted it we have a shitty reddit sourced podcast I know and like she some of the things she said to me was like I have you know she like was like I have better hair than you and I'm like bitch like do you wear I know I'm fucking ugly like why do you need to like go <laughs> broadcast this she's like your 12 year old boy body and stuff and I'm like girl we can all see like we know like what <laughs> like, like do you think that I don't already know that like <laughs> also nothing anyone could ever say to me like is something that I haven't already said to myself. Does that make sense? Like you could tell me. Yeah, no, I'm fucking mean as shit to myself. Like, yeah, I have shitty skin. Like, yeah, my hair looks like it fucking died and is falling <laughs> off because I'm so stressed out. And guess what? It's all true. Like, I don't know what you want to say to yeah. me to like bring me down. It's right. all true. I know. I'm kind of like when she's when she was saying like mean stuff about me, I was like, ooh, finally, someone that agrees. Come on, girl. Let's sit down. And let's fucking talk about this because I have been saying for years all the shit I needed to change about my body and now finally someone agrees with me let's fucking talk <laughs> yeah I'm so sick of my friends telling me that I'm beautiful despite my insecurities finally someone is willing to point out my insecurities and agree with them yeah like someone's gonna be real with me okay yeah it took it, it took this many years yeah I mean she's trying I don't know what she's, she's trying to build something I don't know what it is but she just is relentless and will not give up. So I guess the moral of the story is don't give up on your dreams, whatever they are. Two, some of you guys have found out who this person is. I know this because I've gotten some screenshots to my DMs that was like, hey, I don't know if I should do this or not, but uh, this person was saying some fucked up stuff or this person, you know, like doxed you, like here's some screenshots. So if you do find out who this person is, please do not give them any attention. Don't follow them. Don't like any of their stuff. Like Don't that's respond. literally the only reason they're doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then they, they win. So um, you probably will find out who they are because they are going to at everything we do for the rest of our lives, but we have them blocked so we can't see what they're doing uh because i don't get care yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so just please don't bully them don't just don't do anything don't be a hero yeah just ignore and i'm some of the things we're talking about right now are just like very lighthearted and sound silly like for example calling us a shitty reddit source podcast like yeah duh and i also side note yeah. i want to make merch that says that but that's beside the point <laughs> um so we're talking about like all the silly stuff right but there's Clearly, if there's a restraining order involved and there's attorneys involved and people are going to court, clearly there's another level to this that we're not allowed to talk about that at this point that is a lot darker. So just mm -hmm. know that 
Um, this is not silly and funny, even though like the way Natalia and I deal with stuff is to make fun of it and laugh about it because at a certain point, that's really all you can do. And humor. But just know that there's another layer going on here. Please do not engage with this person. Like Nat said, if you figure out who it is, do not engage. Yeah. And I'm telling you, this person is fucking super haunted. So you do not want to get involved with them either. You don't want them to start haunting and stalking or harassing you. Trust me, you don't want it. So, yeah. All right. Now, you guys, we are on to today's episode. Welcome to episode 40 and a half, Listener Stories. Natalia, do you want to explain what listener stories are? List- yes, I will. It's what it fucking sounds like, but sure, I'll do it anyways. What does it- Alyssa, what do you think a listener story sounds like? I don't know. Maybe it's like a story that you listen to. You're making me so mad right now. <laughs> Natalia's okay. face, you guys can't see her, but we're FaceTiming and she's so mad at me. <laughs> It's, it's us, you guys are the listeners, all right? And you guys have haunted stories and then you tell them to you. And honestly, I don't know, how the fuck are we supposed to react to these? Because sometimes people say stuff and I'm like, wow, you're like, you're haunted, you know? Like, you've got an old woman, like, whispering in your ear at night. Like, that really fucking sucks. Like, I don't know how to help you by forever, you know? Like, <laughs> I know, do, some are we, do we normalize this? Do we, like, offer support? And um, am I like, it's okay, you're haunted or am I like no you're not haunted just get out of your head do I like try to tell them like do I gatekeep who can be haunted like what do I do (laughs) okay first rule of getting haunted you can't gatekeep it you just either are haunted or you're not and that's the only rule what was the question (laughs) (laughs) um I was saying like how are we supposed to react to these stories oh um I feel like some of these stories you guys tell are kind of funny Like, I laugh really hard at some of the stories you tell. And then other people's stories are, like, super fucking scary hauntings. And for those ones, I just have to be like, damn, good for you for surviving such a traumatic haunting and, like, thriving enough in your life to be able to write in an email about it and, like, relive that trauma and be okay with it. Yeah. Well, sometimes I don't do that. Sometimes I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then we're like, all right, next story. <laughs> um, but yeah, listener stories are the stories that you guys can send in. You can send in one right now. If you listen to the us and you're listening to the story and you're like, oh my God, these girls don't know shit about haunting. I've got a story for them. You are the perfect person. Email write us. in your stories. We get to all of them. Sometimes it takes a long time because there is a lot of people that write in and this is totally a community. We want you guys to be involved. We want to know what's going on in your lives. Don't hex us. Actually, people have like sent us like haunted planchettes and things like that to our P.O. box in the past. Maybe that's why this is happening now. I don't know. But just sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hell yeah. Thanks, Natalia. All right, guys. So like we said, this is listener stories where you guys write into us at letsgethauntedpod at gmail.com telling us sometimes commentary on stories that we've done in the past. Sometimes you have your own haunted stories. Sometimes you saw an alien. Sometimes you were abducted. It can really be anything. Maybe you saw an apparition of the Mothman. I don't know. You tell us. You can write into us. Maybe you are an apparition writing into us. We don't know. Maybe this is the sixth sense <laughs> and you're dead. We don't know yet because you haven't written in. No one can confirm whether we are alive or dead. This is a simulation. Uh, change my mind. 
but every 10 episodes, <laughs> every 10 episodes, we dedicate an episode to you guys. So feel free to write in with your stories. Nat, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I was going to I was going to force me to be the first one anyways. You didn't have a choice. Okay. Subject. My brain is haunted AF. <clears throat> Hello, let's get haunted team. My name is Kiro. Kiro or Kero, however you want to pronounce it. And I have a slightly weird but still terrifying story that is neither true crime nor paranormal, but it is 10,000% haunted. To start off, I need to get this out there. I have schizophrenia, and this is a story about my scariest hallucination I've ever experienced. I was diagnosed at age 12, and just because some people do have that stigma, I have never been physically harmful to another person. Schizophrenia does not equate to violence. Now that we've got that out of the way, I was about 16 when the story took place. I was at the usual grocery store with my entire family, sans my father because he was at work. At some point during the trip, I realized I needed to use the restroom. So I tell my mom and head off by myself. It's not difficult for me to get to because as I've mentioned, it's a store I've been in many times. This bathroom is fairly small with only two toilets and one sink. I go into the disability friendly one because they're bigger and more comfortable. I use the facilities and am just about done re-zipping up my pants when I hear the squeak of the door open. Great, now I can't leave. I think to myself, I'm a socially anxious person and I weirdly don't like going out into public restrooms when there's just one other person. I scoot to look through the crack in the stalls because I figure that if it's my mom or my sister, then I'll be okay to leave. But that's about when I freeze up. There was an old woman slowly walking from the door to the sink, but everything about her was horribly off. She was wearing a giant black cowl that seemed to be made of layers upon layers of old ripped up chiffon that reached behind her feet. She had a hunchback and was walking with her arms slightly out, hands clawed. The black fabric went up the ritz, revealing pale, bony hands with long and yellowed fingernails she slowly wiggled her fingers as though preparing to grab something at the sink her face was probably the worst part for me because there wasn't one where it should be no instead i saw a black void almost like there was an absence of being there it wasn't like her face was covered by the cowl it was just nothing There's only so far I can see through the crack in the stalls, so she eventually disappears as she makes her way over to the sink. So what does my dumbass decide to do? I open the door a bit to get a peek out at her at the sink. Yep, I know I would certainly die in a horror movie. (laughs) However, as I opened the door and peeked out at the sink, there was nobody there. Yep, the terrifying woman had disappeared. I open the door all the way and walk out to check on the other stall, which is empty with the door ajar. There's literally nowhere she could have gone, especially without making the sound of a door squeak. And oh yeah, there's a whole door squeaking before the demon lady entered, which adds a whole other horrific addition because my brain made up the sound of her coming in too. Anyhow, I ran to my mom and begged her to leave. And that's my most terrifying story of hallucinations. I've had other ones, but that one was just the worst. Happily, I'm on medications now, which block out pretty close to all of them. Thanks for reading, and I hope you all have a spooky night whoa wow that is spooky that is really spooky you know to me like obviously i'm not schizophrenic and i don't know what it's like to be schizophrenic but i think that would have to be one of the most terrifying experiences is to just be living in basically a nightmare where like things can happen at any point that you have no control over i mean i guess you could just 
get used to it at some point and you would just be like, this is all fake. But still, like, that would be, you know, really terrifying to just have things like you're at the grocery store with your family and then all of a sudden, like, a witch with no face walks into the bathroom and starts washing her hands. No, yeah. And you would be like, you have to, like, use your context clues and be like, hmm. Is this witch with no face real? And then if you're haunted, which I mean, like I am, if I saw something like that, I immediately would be like, oh my God, this is real. Yeah, exactly. I know. Well, Kiro, I'm glad that you found a good medication that helps block out some of that because that sounds fucking horrifying. And I would also love for you to go into the horror industry and work on costume design, creating characters from this hallucination (laughs) because an old witch with a black void where her face should be yeah terrifying also excellent writing i could really picture the hallucination like with her chiffon all ripped up and like the black cowl horrifying and the door slightly opened good job kiro thanks kiro i have an email from a listener named emily hi nat and ally sorry in advance if this is kind of long but i wanted to share my own ghostly encounter which happened when i was a kid like probably around 10 or 11 years old. For my friend's birthday, we went on one of those haunted walk tours of our hometown. Most of it was innocuous until the last part, which was a nighttime tour of one of the local museums. The building is well over 100 years old and just looks haunted. I included a picture so you can see, especially at night. There are tons of stories from museum employees about phantom footsteps, sounds of crying, shadowy figures, etc., So for the tour, the guide took us around the different rooms in the museum and told the group a short ghost story in each of them. At one point, we walked up the stairs to the second floor, and there was one of those knee-height, realistic-looking porcelain dolls standing by the wall at the top of the stairs. We went into the room right next to where the doll was, and while the guide was telling her story, I could hear one of the women in the group who was standing behind me freaking out and whispering to her friend that she kept hearing weird breathing noises coming from nowhere, and that she could feel a presence next to her, Uh. even though no one was there. Uh. A couple minutes later, the woman screamed, like straight-up horror movie screamed. Once she calmed down a bit, she said that she had heard a little girl's voice whisper in her ear, "'Have you seen my doll?' Okay, I just got the chills. I just got the fucking chills. Everyone in the group was obviously distracted by this, but the guide eventually managed to finish her story, and we went back out the same way we came in. When we left, though, the doll that had been standing by the wall when we came up had been knocked over and was now laying on its side. I wish there was more I could offer, but since I wasn't the one who heard the voice, I can't really confirm anything else. But I can say for sure that the place felt haunted as fuck, and child me was scared to go to sleep for like a week after. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Love you guys. Emily. Thank you, Emily. I got the chills during that part where you say, have you seen my doll? I did too. I will. Yeah. I mean, I'm by myself in my house right now. And, you know, I just feel like if something came up in my ear and was like, have you seen I, no, uh, uh-uh, no. Oh, that gave me the. Oh no. Yeah, I know. What would I do? I like felt something go down my spine. I don't like it. What would you do? Um, I hate that. Poop my pants? I don't know. Shit myself? Like I really can't think. I don't know how I would do in a horror film. I like to think I would survive, but I think I might just have a heart attack. Yeah. Like I think my body just might not be able to take it if I ever saw a ghost or heard a ghost. Yeah. I mean, I think like dogs. I think ghosts can't come around when dogs are around which is why I have them. Like I have lots of animals in my life because I just feel like bad things can't happen when animals are around, you know? Right. Like sometimes the dogs will like see something in a weird corner, but like you can't see it. 
I feel like if I feel like, oh, there's someone in my house, well, my dog would be barking if there really was. Every time someone's Mm -hmm. broken into my house, my dog has barked and alerted me to where the person was. So if she's not barking, I'm not worried. I think, yeah, get a dog, basically, if you're scared is what I'm saying. Slay. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Emily. This one comes from Carrie M. Hi, Nat and Allie. Huge LGH fan here. Your podcast feeds my insatiable hunger for weird, fucked up stories served with a side of humor and believing in the unbelievable. Woo! Keep up the fab work. Oh, wow. That was nice. Thank you. Now, I had a really haunted experience today that I knew I had to share with you. As I was leaving work today, I got a text from my mom saying, do you know anything about the small gravestone in our backyard? What? (laughs) I immediately got a spooky bad vibes feeling and responded no, then raced home to investigate. Sitting near the edge of the woods in our backyard was a small decorative tombstone reading rip spiked into the ground. I'm a superstitious person, so my immediate reaction was, um, fuck no. (laughs) It feels very threatening and creepy, but I'm so curious who put it there and why. Out of all the houses on our street, I hope it's not the watcher. (gasps) The creepiest part to me is that my bedroom overlooks the space where the tombstone was placed, and I usually stay up late and have a light on in my room. So while I was relaxing in bed one night, someone could have been out near the woods placing this creepy item while also being able to see through my window. No. Too long. Didn't read. I'm going to burn our house down. (laughs) (laughs) And then it says skeptic theory. It's a leftover from mischief night that we never noticed. Believer theory. A serial killer or entity has marked my family for death. (laughs) Anyway. Can't wait to lose sleep over this for the next year. Love you, ladies. Happy haunting. And then here's the photo she has of it. See it? Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's so little. That Honestly, that almost makes it creepier because you could just not notice it if you weren't paying attention. Yeah. I mean, to me, like the little tombstone is like kind of kawaii. It's adorable. It's like maybe six (laughs) inches tall, you know. But I'm also like the idea of someone being in your backyard, like near the woods, you know, unannounced. Like it's like a very vulnerable feeling to have your location exposed like that. And they they made the tombstone face their house. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it was like yeah, I don't know. Family marked for death. Let's see. Carrie M, if you hear this episode, can you please Update reach out us. to us and let us know you're okay? Yes. Yes, please, Carrie. That is fucking scary. I Yeah, I would have the same reaction if I saw a little tombstone in my backyard facing my house. I would, well, especially with our stalking situation and people keep breaking into my house situation, I would be like, okay, someone's here to murder me. Time to move again. I would go out there and I would stomp the shit out of that little tombstone and be like, bitch, Come out here. I'm ready to kill someone. (laughs) I've been ready my whole life. The devil's just like, all right, we're not fucking with her. (laughs) Okay, so I have an email from Katrina S. And full disclosure, we normally don't read these emails before we read them on uh, aloud on the listener stories. So normally, because we want our reactions to be genuine. But this girl actually DM'd me on Instagram and was like, hey, I'm going to send you this email because I have firsthand knowledge about a story that you covered. And I was super intrigued. So I read it. And this email, I was laughing so fucking hard. This, I hope I don't like hype up this email and then you don't laugh. But 
do you remember the episode I did last year on Black Forest where there was like that house and all the pictures? Yeah, the and the the house was like this weird female haunting that was just like basically a bitch for no reason. Yeah, it was like this guy and his family and he was a truck driver from like Louisiana or something oh. and he moved to Colorado in the middle of butt fuck nowhere and then his house he like oh, thought yeah. it was the government remember and like right he had a haunted like 100 year old mirror yes yes exactly this guy okay so get ready for this okay katrina says hey you guys boy have i got some crazy stories for you guys i love the podcast and discovered it recently and have been binging episodes i got really excited when i saw episode 15 was about black forest which is the same black forest i grew up in I lost my shit even more when you began talking about Stephen and Beth, who live in a small cabin off Swan Road, because I was their neighbor. <gasps> oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. This person's haunted. I know. She says, let me tell you, it wasn't just their house that was haunted. The whole street was pretty fucking haunted, including my house. I never knew the whole forest was haunted, but I can say it was a child's paradise because growing up in the forest like that was pretty fucking lit. <laughs> Lots of space for kids to run around and everyone had a tree house. My family knew Steve, but we just called him Crazy Steve because he was pretty wacky. <laughs> My parents are really chill people, so I think Steve trusted them a bit because they never outwardly judged him. Both my parents apparently had been over to Steve's house several times when he would excitedly force them to come over to show them photos of orbs he had taken as proof of the ghosts in his house. Crazy Steve. Steve also told my mom he installed that expensive-as-fuck security system you guys talked about, and not only for ghostly reasons, but because he had ratted out some fellow truck drivers of some drug smuggling back in his truck driving days and was worried they were coming to kill him any day now. He was probably just hiding in Black Forest TBH to get away from all the truck drama and bit off more than he could chew being out in our area. Steve also was a bold man because Black Forest is full of gun-toting, socially awkward people who just want to be left alone. And he was creeping around everyone's property all the time. <laughs> I once was running around in the yard towards my favorite patch of trees where I had made a little fort and I found a trail of blood on the ground. I followed the blood and found a severed deer's head. I ran back home and told my parents, and they came out and saw Steve creeping away holding the severed head. They yelled at him and said he had to stop hunting shit on our property, and he was like, LOL, my bad, bye. <laughs> he apparently frequently hunted deer in the area, which I'm pretty sure is illegal, dot, dot, dot. We also had a small patch of small pine trees that were in their teenage years and only stood about maybe five feet. Some other dude down the road was in need of the saplings, so my parents dug them up and gave them to the sky. Our friend Steve, who was always creeping, saw the holes left in the ground. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> Our friend Steve, who was always creeping, saw the holes left in the ground from digging up the trees and freaked the fuck out. A few days later, he came to the house and told my parents that the holes were too perfectly round. And therefore, that meant that aliens had been doing some <laughs> freaky shit in our yard. He kept saying alien holes. My dad was like, my dad was like, no, Steve, sorry. We just dug up some trees. We made those holes. And Steve was like, nah, this is alien holes. I'm sorry, but is that like us? <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
Steve also got into a massive fight with another neighbor who had like 18 dogs, not an exaggeration, because Steve was creeping on his property too. This is the neighbor who got a restraining order that you mentioned in the podcast. The other neighbor got so upset and tired of Steve's bullshit that one day they had an amazing and epic standoff and stood at each other's fence lines, guns pointed at each other and threatening to shoot one another. They didn't shoot because we all called the cops. But after that, Steve was so mad, he printed these tiny flyers saying what an asshole the neighbor was. <laughs> he then <laughs> he then threw thousands of small cutouts of paper up and down the entire street so, <laughs> so all the neighbors could read his little angry propaganda. So that is Steve in a nutshell. His sons were also famous for sitting at our fence line huffing paint fumes. They did it all the time. Apart from Steve and his haunted life, my house was also haunted. When my parents bought the house, they were told that before us, a man had committed suicide in the garage. The downstairs part of the house was 100% haunted. To try to paint a picture, we had the garage downstairs, then there was a little living room by it, a bedroom, a computer room, and the boiler room, which was a creepy closet with a giant boiler to heat the house during winter. Also where we would raise our baby chicks every year because we had hella chickens. My sisters and I used to play on the computer downstairs for hours, but always at night. It would get insanely cold, even with the heater on. And we would just feel creeped out and like someone was watching us. And we would all sprint upstairs. I can recall one time being alone downstairs and being told by something that I needed to leave. I began to run up the stairs, but I tripped and I looked behind me and saw a black hand (gasps) reaching out for me. No. I managed to get up and get the hell upstairs. I shared a room with my little sister in the beginning, but I was so messy that she got mad at me and decided to move into the bedroom downstairs. She had this purple nightlight that she said always shut off at a certain time during the night, and her room would get really fucking cold. She still preferred to live there and get haunted than to deal with my mess, so I guess I suck that bad. It was bad vibes. My parents, who are both logical engineer people, even admitted that house was fucking haunted. My dad, though, has lots of haunted stories, especially because he was born in Japan and grew up next to a graveyard. Okay, tangent, but Japanese graves often have tasty food on the graves for the spirits of the dead to enjoy. Mm -hmm. My dad and all of his siblings went and would frequently snack on that shit, which is a big no-no. And one day he said that he and all his siblings got chased by a scary Japanese woman with long hair covering her face. He says it was a ghost. Also, my tiny Asian Jamaican grandma says all the women in our family can talk to ghosts. I have yet to have talked to a ghost but i think it is because i want to too badly we also had a neighbor on the left side of our property who had two kids and the dad was haunted and weird we sometimes played with his daughter and we all went over to the house to play and they had an entire basement that was dimly lit and filled with about 50 lizards just a whole basement for lizards and oh yeah a dentist chair he was a dentist dot 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 out of his house his daughter needed some tooth work done and my mom remembers he was telling her once about how he was going to break his daughter's jaw in order to fix some weird tooth problem she was having and he was going to do it from home because it was cheaper we didn't see them again after that at the top of our road we had an old lady who was maybe a hundred thousand years old and my mom loved her she says it's because she was a witch she was this jolly tiny wrinkled woman named mrs dix and she always brewed my mom some tea she was a cool witch though we liked her but she adds to the hauntedness of the street 
The neighbor who lived across from us had miniature donkeys, which isn't haunted, but that's how I remember her. She was also mad abusive towards her children. Often on snowy days, my mom would drive us down the road to get to the bus stop so we didn't have to walk in the cold. The neighbor across the way always forced her kids out of the house to walk, even in a blizzard. My mom would offer to drive them, but the kids refused, saying their mom would know and be mad. My mom remembers even on snow days, the woman across the street would send her kids out to walk down the road to wait at the bus stop, and she would drive down and inform them that school wasn't happening that day and that they should go home. They would wait in the snow for hours before going home. My mom would invite them to stay at our house or at least drive them home, and they always refused. Haunted. Anyways, I thought I would write in and just give you guys some good old hot gossip on that part of Black Forest. Also, Black Forest never became its own town because while it has a lot of people, it's only a 20 to 30 minute drive from the main areas of Colorado Springs, and Black Forest is literally just houses and churches. There are no shops or restaurants, so they couldn't be a town because we had fuck all except crazy people and hordes of scary forest baby children running around, apparently with spirits as well as wild animals. In 2013, a massive forest fire happened, and I think Steve ended up putting his house up for sale because most of the houses in Black Forest burned down. My house on Ward Lane didn't burn, but Steve's house for sure did. The photo y'all posted on your Instagram has no trees and a brand new house. The picture you have is not what his house looked like before the fire. I'm pretty sure the reason the house won't sell is because they built a new house on the property, which makes the value higher. My family moved down the road after living on Ward Lane, and our second house, which is still in Black Forest, burned down in the forest fire. We sold the property without rebuilding a house for less, so it sold quickly because then people can build whatever they want on the property. It could also be because Steve is crazy and was trying to sell the property for heaps because he thought with all the media attention it was worth more. I'd buy it, though, because while Black Forest is haunted, it's also really fucking cool. I think the rainbow vortex theory checks out, though, because it wasn't just Steve's house that was haunted or had a suicide or murder connected to it. Our house did, too, and the other neighbors on the street had mad haunted energy as well. It's pretty cool to hear about it all and look back at how wacky my childhood was. So many weird things happened in the woods, but as a kid, you just see them all as really cool. Sorry this email was really long. I don't know how I could have condensed that information, though. Love you guys, Katrina. P.S. I will try to send another email with some pictures of what my childhood house looked like so you can get an idea of what it looked like. I just have to find them. Oh, Amazing. I love that, Katrina. Amazing. Hilarious. Katrina. I am dead at the idea of Steve yelling alien holes. It's amazing. I think it's the funniest fucking thing I have ever read. I like the idea of the two neighbors just right over the fence, like with a gun to each other's face. Yeah. (laughs) What a wacky childhood. I also love that crazy Steve hated a neighbor so much that he printed flyers with propaganda and just spread them around the neighborhood. (laughs) Thanks, Katrina. This one comes from Montana B. Hello, my name is Montana B, and I am a huge fan of your podcast. I have always been mystified and intrigued by anything from hauntings to murder mysteries. I just listened to episode 15 and a half, and I thought I would send my own thing. The only problem is I live in the most haunted town of Kansas. I live in Atchison, Kansas, and everything from the college to the middle school to the first road is haunted. 
My favorite is the Sally House, though I don't have many experiences myself. I know there are a few different stories that I'm going to have to link for you. Atchison is also the birthplace of Amelia Earhart, the first female pilot who disappeared under, as you say, haunted circumstances. Yes, super haunted. There is a haunted trolley you can go on that tours the haunted homes and places, and you can even spend the night in Sally House. I've done the trolley and it was creepy and I found out that they won't take people to Molly's Hollow anymore because of a violent attack on the trolley where it broke down next to Molly's tree. I'm going to leave a link to start you off, but I want to see what you guys think. And if you're interested, I'll send my own experiences too, but I want to wait so I don't sway your thinking about the Atchison haunts. I want to see what you guys find from the hauntings or conspiracies that are linked to Atchison, Kansas. I'll leave you one story I have, though. I was told when my relatives lived on the second street, they didn't live there long. One day, while watching the kids play outside, they noticed the kids lining everything up on the back fence of the yard. When asked why they were moving everything out like that, they told them that the lady in the attic asked them to. Apparently, they could see and hear a lady in the attic window that looked over the yard. The parents didn't or couldn't see her, and they even searched the house. They found no one in the house or in the attic. It's a short story, but I think a haunted one. Like I said, I have more, but I don't want to sway your finds with what I think and know, so I'll send you an email of my own experiences and thoughts if you guys are interested. Here's a website with just a few of the hauntings we have in town. And please excuse any bad grammar. I did this on my phone waiting for my classes to start. LOL. Montana B. Montana. Montana. Please send us more. Like, how can you just say, oh, you know, this, I have all this like super haunted information, but like, I'm only going to give it to you if you really want me to. But like, here's me teasing you for like four paragraphs of like haunted things. Like, don't withhold the haunted information. Like, send it. Montana, we are always interested in anything haunted. Don't second guess yourself. Send that shit. And maybe we will do a future episode on Atchison, Kansas. I don't know. We have so many episodes to go. It's possible. That's so creepy that the kids were lining all that stuff up. And then the parents are like, wait, why are you doing that? And they're like, oh, yeah, the lady in your attic window told us to. Haunted. If my kids say that to me. Drown them. They're not my kids yeah. anymore. Oh. <laughs> oh, we went in two different directions. <laughs> Quit being haunted. Can you like give up a like imagine getting a foster child and being like, yeah, he's haunted, but like he's our son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you come out to your parents as haunted and they like <laughs> they have to accept you. They have to accept you as haunted. And then there's like self-help you know, books on like how to raise your haunted child. Yeah. <laughs> Don't change them. Just Don't change them. them. I agree. Okay. I have... like, can you please get this old woman to stop talking to me in my sleep? And they're like, no, you're haunted. <laughs> That's just who you are. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have two really short emails, so I'm going to read them back to back. Okay. Okay. This is from Jen R. Hey there, guys. I don't really have any stories from Black Forest. Oh, it's another Black Forest one. I don't really have any stories from Black Forest, but people there are strange. I lived with my folks for a bit. The only stories I have come from Spring, Texas, just north of Houston. We rented a two-story house. The master bedroom was under the stairs. When standing on the top of the stairs, you could hear what sounded like a faint radio or maybe a TV that was turned down low, maybe coming from the master bedroom, but no one would be home. 
The house they have in Spring, Texas now. They have a house in Black Forest and in Spring. My dad lives part-time for work in the house in Spring. He heard female voices coming from hallways when he was the only one there. That's all I've got, Jen R. Wait, what would she you also do? has a house in Black Forest? Yeah, her parents have a house in Black Forest and a house in Spring, Texas. And she said the one in Spring... And they're she said both the one, haunted? Well, what she said is that Black Forest is just like all the people there are really fucking weird, which checks yeah. out from what our other listener said. And then she said the house in Spring, Texas, you could hear like a radio or a TV or female voices coming from different rooms when you're home alone. Yeah, no, I don't do that. No, yeah, I don't, I don't go, fuck with that. I don't stay, yeah, I don't stay home alone and hear like haunted radios. Yeah, if I heard a haunted radio again... At this point, I would just move. I am so over people fucking with me that I would just be like, great, someone broke into my house again. I'm moving. Right. Yeah. I mean, two haunted things doesn't make it right. You know, <laughs> like, because you have a haunted radio, like, at a haunted break-in, you need to get out. You need to get out immediately. That's two strikes. Two strikes. Uh, I don't and need you a don't third. You don't want to find out. out about the third. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Now I'm going to read the other really short one. So this is from a listener named Brent. Hey, Nat and Allie, let me start by saying that I'm not at all religious. Today has been weird to say the least. A friend and I were sitting outside just chatting away when the conversation turned to locusts, the grasshopper looking bugs. To which my friend, who himself is very religious, asked, what are locusts? To which I replied, those bugs God sent as a plague. He asked what I meant, and I was baffled that he had never heard of the Prince of Egypt. So I went into the house and got the only Bible I have and say, I doubt I'll find it, but I'll look. The first page I turned to was the story I was looking for, the story of the plagues. Although that's not even the strangest part. My friend looks to me and says, is that what they look like? pointing towards my hat. I took my hat off to see a fucking locust had landed on it. What the fuck? I don't know what to chalk that up to. (laughs) Anyway, that's my boring story. I guess it's not really that haunted, but I just had to tell someone. Much love, Brent. (laughs) Brent, that is haunted. It's not really that haunted, but I just had to tell someone. That's haunted. Hey, that is the perfect... That's like literally, I can't describe that other than just saying it's haunted. Like that's the perfect way to use the adjective haunted. It's like, I don't know what this is, but it's not normal. It's haunted. Right, exactly. And it's also, it reminds me of, that would be a good way to describe our podcast. Like I I guess it's not that haunted, but I had to tell somebody. Like here's some shit that happened. Mm -hmm. I think it's fucking haunted because I think that it's bad vibes. You tell me what you think. Yeah. Right. I think it's really funny that he started off his story with just like, by the way, I'm not religious. And then like went into the story like he had to tell, he had to tell us like, hey, just so you know, like <laughs> I've never picked up a Bible before. Like this is weird. Even more weird. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think that's a sign was another? I don't know. was like an, a spirit or I think that a being think, trying to tell him something. I think that that person is particularly psychic is what I, I honestly think. I think that when you are like really in tune with the universe, like you're on the same page as everything. You're like on the same path as everything. You have these weird coincidences where you're like, oh, I was just thinking of this person. And then they called me or like, oh, I was just thinking of you. And then you like find that person's like hat or something in your house, you know, or or like, oh, like what was this thing that I needed? And then you find it like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that could be that that person has some sort of like 
psychic power or like a very you know maybe they're like untapped magic potential Ooh, interesting brent let us know email us some more if anything else haunted happens to you if an owl flies into your house with a scroll asking you to go to a magical school let us know yeah (laughs) all right this one comes from sean it says aliens in the ural mountains Ooh. Hey, Nat and Allie. Big fan since day one. What? Hell yeah. Since day one. Thank you. Why? <laughs> we love you. I was going through this video and I found not one, but two mentions of odd technologies found in the Ural Mountain Range. The same mountain range the Diatlov Pass incident took place in. Time codes 333. Confirmed haunted? And 706 are the two Ural Mountain segments in the video. Just wanted to pass this along and see what you thought. Aliens confirmed? Stay haunted, Sean. Should we watch it? Yes. Out in the Ural Mountains, researchers have found a series of objects so out of place and bizarre that they've been forced to consider the possibility that they came from a crashed alien spaceship. They were first found in the banks of rivers near the mountains in 1991 and they take the form of minuscule coils, the kind you might find in an engine or a modern piece of machinery. The problem is that they couldn't have been used in such a way because they're 300,000 years old. Along with the coils are what appear to be engine shafts. The Russian Academy of Sciences has analyzed the artifacts and concluded that they're composed of copper and tungsten and range in size from a little over an inch to one ten-thousandth of an inch. That's small enough for them to be considered nanotechnology by modern standards. The objects were buried 40 feet below the surface of the river, with the geology of the rocks around them confirming their age, so they weren't put there recently. The combined efforts of specialist facilities in Helsinki, Moscow, and St. Petersburg have been unable to confirm how they could have been created or by who. That leaves us with aliens or time travelers as prime suspects. Whoa. That's the first okay, one. Okay, so guys. The second one he said was at 706. The first one is basically saying that scientists found pieces of an engine or what they think are an engine, but it's 300,000 years old. Right, and they don't know how it got there. And, like, they looked, they tested the geology of the rocks around it, and it's they're all the same age which means that it wasn't put there recently. It's been buried there for like 300,000 years. That's insanity. They have no idea how they made it. That's insane. So now the second part he said, this part. To make a map, you need knowledge of an area. To make a map with an aerial perspective, you need to be looking down from above. That's easy now with planes, drones, and helicopters. If the Dashka stone is to be taken at face value, it would seem that someone or something was capable of making such a map 120 million years ago when dinosaurs ruled the Earth. That's why some call it the map of the creator and consider it a blueprint used by the creator of our planet. It was discovered in 1999 and appears to represent a perfect map of not just the Ural Mountains, but 7,500 miles of land around it, including channels, rivers, and dams. There are also hieroglyphs on the stone which defy translation. Weighing one ton, the map is not only accurate in two dimensions, but three, with the surface of the stone rising and falling just as the land does. Adding to the idea that the stone was crafted by hand, it's constructed in three layers. 
7 inches of cement on dolomite, an inch of silicon-enriched glass, and a 0.1 inch of calcium on top, which makes it easier to read. The age of 120 million years comes from shell fossils found within the rock, but even if they'd got there by accident, the tablet would still have to be at least 3,000 years old at a minimum. Scientists have suggested that the fissures on the rock have happened by accident, and their resemblance to the Urals is a coincidence. We don't think anybody believes them. So they found a map of the Ural Mountains carved into a piece of stone that is dated back to a million years ago? Yeah, or minimum 3,000 years ago, but it's like a perfect map. See, here, the thing that, you know, obviously that's crazy, aliens for sure, but if I was like hiking and I saw that rock, I would never, like, I would never have known that was a map. It just looks like <laughs> a dusty old rock. So it makes me wonder, like, how many times have I or any other human found, like, all of these mysteries of the universe, but we just were like, oh, that's just a piece of grass. Right, yeah. No, see, I think that it's time travelers. I feel like if there, if time travel is possible, then... People have to be coming back in time all the time. And one of those people has to be like just chaotic enough to want to like leave something behind. Because I would do that. They probably do. Yeah. Or like by accident, like the pieces of an engine shaft they say that they found, that could have been an accident. Like someone was traveling back in time and then like something happened and they had to fix a piece of their, I don't know, time traveling fucking car box whatever and then they left behind some pieces if they can time travel they probably they probably wouldn't come here you know they probably go to like lush green places or like things with like amazing like wonders they're like earth why would i want to go to that ghetto oh well i guess in well in this theory the time travelers would be humans on earth right and they are have developed technology oh like 5,000 years from now, people have developed technology advanced enough to come back and, like, leave shit here. Oh, I was thinking, like, Rick and Morty, where you just, like, can... There's no rules. I don't understand how it works. You just can go anywhere at any time. <laughs> so... The multiverse. Right, exactly. So I was like, why would they want to go to Earth? Like, you know, they can go yeah. anywhere else, but <laughs> you're right. <laughs> well, thank you. To What was the name of that listener? That listener from day one is Sean Connor. By the way, Sean, day one, how and why? Who sent you? Was it us? And why were you? And are you still here? Have you stopped listening by now? How old is that email? November 1st, 2019. Yeah, we still haven't gotten through all of our 2019s, but we're going to get through them. Okay, so I'm going to read one from December 2019. And this is from Katie H. First off, wanted to say I am obsessed with the pod. I listen religiously every Wednesday morning. Y'all make my week. I want to tell you about the house my family lived in when I was young. My step-grandma had owned the house since her kids were children, but my aunts and uncles all had a time of need where they ended up living in it. My grandma had a different house that she lived in. When my stepmom was young, her brother John died at 14 in a horrible accident. His room was in the basement. When I was three or four, my dad moved me and my sister into the house where my stepmother and her children were currently living. I remember never liking the basement. John's room was a storage room now, and we kids never went in it. There was a do not enter sign on the door. 
If the sign was removed, you could hear things being moved around inside, and it wouldn't stop until the sign was hung back up. My sister, stepsister, and I all shared a bedroom upstairs. My dad tells me that he would often check on us at night, and I, a toddler, would be awake in the closet talking and singing to no one. Ah! Haunted. I remember often hearing voices and feeling someone touch my hands when I was alone in the playroom downstairs. Everywhere in the house, I always felt like I was being watched. Those things I don't remember very well, but it was when my family finally sold the house that things went crazy. All of the family, aunts and uncles, and a bunch of my cousins had come over to spend one last night in the house before it was handed over to the new owner. It was pretty late at night, probably around 11 or 12, and the power went out. Suddenly, a bunch of little Austin Powers toys my stepbrother had lined up on the fireplace started saying their little phrases. They didn't have batteries in them at the time. No. One of my cousins had brought over one of those orange flashing lights you can put on top of a car, and it started going off at the same time, too. It was plugged in, but again, the power in the entire house was out. Understandably, a bunch of us younger kids were really upset by what had happened, while the adults explained it away. I cried so hard that my dad took me back to our new house to sleep. That was the last time I ever set foot in that house, and I still think about all the little weird stuff that would happen all the time. Sorry for the long email from Kat at skim underscore dragons on Twitter. Haunted. Wait a second. Hold on. Can we just talk about that name really quick? It's skim underscore dragons? Yes, like skim milk and dragons. (laughs) Wait, a hotmail was it? No, it's just skim underscore dragons is her Twitter handle. Skim dragons? Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, I don't know what it means, but it's provocative and it's got me going right now. Yeah. Kat, you, I will tweet at you if I remember and I will ask you, what does skim dragons mean? Does it mean, wait, hypothesis, is dragon's milk naturally skim milk? Oh, yeah. Like, do dragons have less fat in their milk? Right. I was thinking it's like if you walk by a dragon and just like lightly touch it, like you skimmed a dragon. Oh, yours probably makes more sense than skim milk from a dragon. But this I is 100% not what she wanted us to talk about when she sent that <laughs> letter. So, okay, well, here's, um, here's what sticks out in my mind is that all of them are spending one last night in the house and the power just happens to go out and then all these toys that allegedly don't have batteries in them just start going off at the same time. Like, what are the odds? Let's unpack this. So were the batteries ghosts? Was it like the ghost of batteries that had been in there? Or was it a ghost controlling the actual device you know ghost batteries that's like a phenomenon that i think a lot of us have experienced at some point right did you know if your battery is out of power and you take it out and you rub it really fast and you put it back in it'll give you a little more juice oh yeah or like if you lick a battery to see if it's working i've never done that one before but i have rubbed a battery (laughs) are we gonna get fired from our own podcast um no that's i fucking don't fuck with that and also because it was austin powers toys it's just like so much more interesting you know it's hard it's hard to think of like a haunted austin powers thing because it's such like a goofy (laughs) 
a goofy movie in general that I like can't think of like those actual toys being haunted not like an Annabelle situation I think it's more of like the batteries were ghosts like maybe the ghost like just took its fingers and plugged it in there and became the cell I don't know also I feel like that would be something in like scary movie yes I feel like Austin Power toys just saying their little catchphrases and turning on by themselves would be part of that movie because what are some catchphrases from Austin Powers like uh you think I'm sexy right like yeah baby turn me on one million dollars yeah <laughs> right and like <laughs> mini me it's funny to me to think like was that ghost trying something different like all the other ghosts were like okay it's your first time like go out there you know make the lights turn off and turn on you knock some stuff over like you know touch someone on shoulder and then not be there when they turn around he was like you know no this is my i'm gonna really make a name for myself in this business like i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna do something different i'm gonna make these awesome power toys light up and do things when they're not supposed to and then we're just roasting them right well also if it was really the ghost of her mom's her stepmom's brother john who died at 14 then maybe controlling the toys is appropriate oh because he's a 14 year old boy oh I, i forgot that it was a family member that um was possibly haunting i was thinking that this was just like a random ghost well in that way then i think it's almost like not scary right it's more like exciting that your sibling or family member is there right yeah i would oh i wonder what her mom thought of all this cat if you send another email tell us how your mom felt about possibly seeing her brother or experiencing an entity that could have been her brother Mm, right Mm, very haunted you're haunted cat is that what you wanted to hear congrats you're haunted you're haunted as fuck (laughs) i'm glad you guys got rid of that house should i read another one go for it this one comes from kyla Hey, Allie and Nat, let me start by saying I love your podcast. I stumbled upon it in my creepy podcast search, and I am so glad that I did. I work alone for eight hours a day, so I have lots of time to blast your podcast and get very strange looks and questions when my co-workers, when my coworkers come into my barn. To your <laughs> barn? What? Okay, I'm triggered. Hold on. But to the point of this email upon listening to your podcast and all of your stories, I've came to realize that I have lived an extremely haunted life. This will be a long email with lots of mini stories, and I don't know if it will make it into the podcast or not. Kyla, you made it into the podcast. Congrats. Yeah, Kyla, the bar here is very low. (laughs) Regardless, I will just be glad that you gave it a read. I will try my best to keep it in chronological order, but I may have some dates mixed up. At any rate, let me know what you think, and let's get into this. This is a very short story, but basically set my family off to be haunted as a whole. I'm unsure when exactly in history this happened. If I find out, I'll update you. However, my grandmother was 100% Finnish in heritage, and the famed story throughout our family is the reason as to why her family immigrated to Canada and how. My great, not sure how many greats back, however, grandfather, was smuggled into Canada in a coffin after his failed attempt at assassinating the Tsar of Russia. What? So that's my favorite fun fact to tell people I meet. Oh my gosh. Kyla, how could this not make it into the podcast? Even if we had standards, this would make it into the podcast (laughs) because this is incredible. Right. This is like knowledge. My family's hauntings I was told about but did not experience. Our family are farmers, and we did grain farming, along with my mother, had some livestock. It is the grain farming, though, that is important to this part of the story. 
Some years before I was born, my grandfather who passed had a UFO experience. Oh, yes. We have a power line that runs through the field by his house. Under the power line one year, we had a perfect crop circle show up overnight, and nothing grew in that circle for a number of years. (gasps) I have always believed that we are not the only living beings in this universe and cannot think of any other explanation than aliens. They needed to steal some power from the lines, I guess, and continue on their way. My grandfather also saw three orbs appear to him on separate occasions. On two occasions, there were bright red, and they followed him at a constant speed for the durations of his one-kilometer trip up the road. The other one was swirling rainbows and also followed him at a pace for about a minute. Another one of the stories is that we used to own a haunted piece of land on top of a valley that had two ghost stories associated with it. I have yet to experience, but my grandparents claimed that they had. One was that if you were there at night, you would hear a crying baby. No. The story behind this is a family lived on the property in the early 1900s and became ill and started hallucinating. They perceived their infant as a demon and chopped its head (gasps) off with an axe before killing themselves. Fuck. The other one, which I'm not sure the story behind, but you would get to see a faint horse and carriage floating its way across the field. Also, a fun fact, we have always been convinced that my grandma was a witch. She would often curse things like farm equipment that my grandfather brought, (laughs) and she told him not to because she didn't like it. They would have nothing but issues with the equipment, and it would constantly break down. This is all the stories involving my family. On to the stuff that I experienced. The house that I grew up in was haunted, as well as my grandparents. Numerous strange things happened throughout the house. Stuff moving on its own, movie playing itself, and the remote moving from where we left it. As the whole family was in the kitchen making popcorn, my mom had watch hooks in her bedroom, and one day when she was in her room doing something, she called us in to look at something. When we came in, the one watch of about five was swinging from side to side at the same pace and did that for about 10 minutes. Also, we have the remote on the coffee table, and it raised itself up about five times and put itself back down. My cousin has the the ability to see spirits, and she saw the spirits in each house. As it turns out, they were past relatives of ours. She drew a picture of one of my grandparents' house, and we believe it was his birth mother who passed after giving birth to my grandfather. The night after drawing it, the spirit stood at the end of the bed the whole night staring at her. No, 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 I no, hate no. that. This is not the first time that we have talked about like a, an old woman staring at someone from the foot of a bed. <sighs> and that is the scariest fucking thing to me. If you are a spirit and you hear me right now and you are in my proximity, don't look at me while I'm asleep. Like it's just the most creepy thing so something creepy. can do. Yeah, because you're it's supposed to be your bed. It's supposed to be the place where you can turn off all of your senses and relax and, you know, not have to worry right. about anything. And then to think that there's some entity staring at the end of your bed. It's just like, don't come in my cave, bro. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. And also, I would be creeped out if it were a non ghost staring at me from the foot of my bed. Like if like a roommate or a family member or something was just staring at me from the foot of my bed all night and I'm like hey are you what's going on and they just don't respond and they're staring at me that is the scariest thing I can think that's of. like the paranormal activity series where someone's always just like standing for four hours staring at you sleeping yeah it's super creepy 
911. 911 immediately. So Kayla continues. I had a UFO sighting around the age of 10, give or take a few years, which consisted of a very bright white light zipping across the sky in a random pattern, making anywhere from 90 degree to 180 degree turns on a dime before disappearing in the blink of an eye. My spirit friend. So here's another. Wow. Yeah. I mean, just one of these stories would be enough, but like they keep going. Okay. My spirit friend. Well, also, I'm I'm glad that we finally got a UFO story because I feel like we have so many ghost stories, which I love. But this is the first, well, not the first time, but it's one of the few UFO stories we've gotten. So thank you, Kyla. Yeah, I haven't seen a UFO like legit like that. Like I saw one that I just don't even count because it was just, you know, it, we've talked about it on the podcast before. So yeah. <laughs> I don't count that. I need to see another one where there's someone with me also there. Yeah. My spirit friend. The hotel I worked at in a high school, unfortunately, had a suicide occur in the night before I was to work. Ever since it happened, even though I didn't know the man very well, his spirit attached himself to me or the hotel. He would regularly visit me every night shift that I worked. I would see him walk through the lobby as a black shadowy form. He would turn lights on and off that I would only have access to as you needed a key to enter the room. He also decided to visit one of our guests. She came up to the front desk when no one was around and asked me if anyone had died in our hotel. Me thinking this was a strange random question, but I knew here well as some of the hotel guests were to contact workers and stayed for weeks or months at a time. I responded in yes, we had a suicide. She responded that that's what she sensed when she saw him. She went on to tell me that she was a medium and used to work as one, but not for very long. And she didn't feel right charging for her gift that helped people find peace with the loss of loved ones. She then told me that she was in her room watching TV and a man walked into her room. She described him and he matched the man who ended his life two rooms down from her. She said he came into the room and the energy became very dark, heavy, and sad. He then began to lay on the bed beside her and slowly fade away no man imagine being a medium that shit is so stressful also we talked about this in a previous episode but something that makes me believe this woman is that she says she doesn't charge people for her medium Mm -hmm. abilities and i remember i had talked before on an episode about how i feel like when you're paying for a reading sometimes you're like am i really getting a reading or is this person just telling me what i want to hear so i give them more money yeah so but the fact that this woman was like hey i used to be a medium didn't feel right about accepting money also this is who i saw and it matches the description of the person that died that like makes it more credible so creepy along with all the spooky hauntings in my life i've also been very well looked after by my guardian angels that i often hear trying to reach me by producing a ringing noise in my right ear when i was seven months pregnant with my beautiful baby girl who's now 16 months old i was in a car accident I was extremely protected, however, because I suffered minimal injuries and I only took three weeks off work and continued to work right up to my due date. My daughter suffered no injuries at all from the accident. Also note that I was crossing the street in front and was struck by a turning vehicle. So I knew my spirit friends that I have made over the years are still trying their best to keep me safe. I think that's all I have for my spooky life. Probably more to come. I hope you enjoyed the read. Best wishes, Kayla. Kayla, I definitely think you're a medium because like that much paranormal stuff doesn't happen to normal people. I mean, we've got a paranormal podcast and I don't have that much stuff happen to me. Yeah, that's a shit ton of ghostly encounters. And I think Natalia and I have talked about this too on the podcast where our, I feel like we have felt like 
bad vibes or like you know you feel energy or something in a room but we've never seen anything or Mm -hmm. like heard a disembodied baby crying in the middle of the night or like had a someone who committed suicide enter some one of our rooms you know like we've never that's just like not something that's ever happened to us and so I guess we just don't have a great sixth sense because these people are able to perceive so many things like all of you guys who write in emails I'm just constantly amazed by all of the things that you're able to experience and see and like people around you Mm -hmm. have seen I'm kind of jealous but also maybe it's a good thing yeah I don't think that I don't have to see it I don't think in this life I'm ready for that you know I still get scared by just like the thought of something else being or near me that I can't see you know so then like if I could see something it would probably really freak me out but it's like a double-edged sword because I think about it and it's almost more scary to think there's nothing like I think the thought that there is no paranormal stuff happening and it's just like your life ends or like there's no more mystery in the world left or you know we just have all the answers is so much more terrifying I totally agree with that thanks Kyla okay this email comes from Fiorella H hello Nat and Allie my name is Fifi and I've been listening to your podcast for a while now on my commutes to work and I absolutely love it I've always been a fan of everything paranormal and supernatural ever since I was little, and having you guys talk about it in such a way that doesn't try to disprove it is so refreshing. I've had a lot of strange encounters in my life, but a lot of them have happened in my old childhood home. To give a little background, I grew up in New York, not the city, but like an hour up north. I lived in an old house that, from what I can remember, looked kind of Victorian in style and had probably been there since the early 1900s. My neighborhood had a lot of these interesting old houses and businesses, but the most important thing was that right next to my neighborhood was a huge cemetery. Like, I looked up my old neighborhood on Google Maps, and from the satellite view, I can see the cemetery is as big as my whole neighborhood. Not to get off on a tangent, but I think I've always lived near cemeteries all of my life. My current neighborhood is across the street from a cemetery, and when I moved away for college four years ago, my apartment was right next to a cemetery, and I could see it from my bedroom window. Mm. This is all entirely coincidental, by the way. No, it's not. And I hadn't realized all of this until I started writing this email, right? I feel like there's no way that's a coincidence. Like, the universe is, like, calling you to these places. Yeah, like, how are you in the middle of writing an email, and then all of a sudden you're like, hmm, you know what I just realized? Like, I've always been surrounded by cemeteries. Like, no, you're haunted. Yeah, (laughs) you're haunted as fuck. Welcome to the club. (laughs) Now this house had a lot of weird happenings. And now that I think about it, maybe it was all due to me living literally down the street from such a large old cemetery. Duh. Yeah, I told, yeah. Remember the Vietnam episode where that family lived in that house by the cemetery and then like the Grim Reaper came into the children's room (laughs) at night? It's like, yes, if you're living near a cemetery, you're just asking for spirits to come say hello to you. Yes. And maybe that's a good thing if you want to be haunted, you know. Um... (laughs) A lot happened, but I will probably only share a few things that happened. When we first moved in, there was an electrical blackout going on in the neighborhood. No one had electricity, and I remember my parents lighting candles in their room as they set up their bed. The first night, I slept in my parents' room as my bed hadn't been set up yet. Their room was situated on the second floor of the house towards the back so that their windows faced the backyard and woods beyond. I lay in between them as I tried to sleep, listening to my parents' hushed conversation, when suddenly they stopped and my mom said, Do you hear that? Sure enough, there was a sound outside. 
like a cat meowing coming from the backyard below, except the meowing sounded weird, like a human, male perhaps, was trying to sound like a cat. Oh my it god. It was high-pitched, bordering on sounding insane. I could tell it unnerved my parents, and they quickly blew out the candles and got back in bed and tried to sleep. But I know we all kind of laid there and listened to that meowing for at least an hour. So that was our welcome to the house. Dude, fuck that. If you heard a man <laughs> meowing for an hour outside of your new house. Yeah, like, that's way scarier than a cry. ghost. That is like the most, that is yeah, so absolutely. much scarier than a ghost. Like I would way rather that's hear a ghost some- oh my God. than a man pretending to be a cat. Like <laughs> Just going ham meowing outside my window. <laughs> Some nights, I would stay awake in bed and wait for my dad to come home from work at midnight. I'd kind of hear him go up the stairs, walk past my open doorway, and turn off the AC or the heat before walking back to his room. One night, I heard the back door opening and his footsteps going up the creaky old stairs. My face was partially covered by my blanket, so I could only see the top of a head and face as they walked past my doorway and then walked back towards my parents' room. Usually, my parents would keep the heat turned up on especially cold nights like that one, but I assumed they wanted to save on the energy bill and I'd wake up to a cold-as-fuck house the next morning, but I didn't. That morning, I asked my dad if he turned off the heat the past night and he said he hadn't. He explained that it was freezing cold the night before and he had gone straight to bed from work. He'd never walk past my room, even though to this day, I can remember clearly hearing footsteps going up those really loud stairs and that dark face. I don't sleep with my door open anymore. Another time, my parents kept a cute little Christmas music box on their dresser that you would twist to wind up and played this creepy little glockenspiel Christmas song. One day, I was home alone after school because my parents worked a lot. I was doing my homework in the living room when I heard the music box song playing in their room upstairs. I froze instantly. Cautiously, I crept up the stairs and stood outside their door, not wanting to go in. I don't know what I was afraid of. Logically, there should be no one in there, but I felt that I couldn't go in there yet. Finally, the song ended, and I felt like I could open the door, so I went inside and found the music box right where it had always been. I tried to twist it to wind it up, and it was kind of stuck because we hadn't touched it in a literal year. No one had been up there, and the box felt as if no one had wound it up. There was still even a layer of undisturbed dust on it. We still have that music box after all these years. We haven't touched it since moving. I can probably try to include an audio file with the song. My mom and I had numerous strange dreams. I dreamt of a girl with no face, just static, like on a TV, where her features should be. She would try and get close to me while I lay frozen in bed, like in a sleep paralysis episode. My mom went downstairs once to sleep on the couch because it was so hot one summer night, and she dreamt there were lights on in the woods behind our house. That house had a lot of bad energy. My parents got into a lot of arguments there, and at one point, they almost divorced while we were living there. Their relationship has gotten a lot better since, though. I'd constantly get sick, like having the stomach flu or colds, at least twice or three times a year. When I listened to your episode with the Japanese ghost test, I imagined this house for the first test. Everything felt fine as I walked up to it and went inside, but as I started opening windows, I could feel someone or something following me from room to room. My mind wouldn't even let me go into the basement. In my old room, there was a door that led up a flight of stairs to the attic, and there were two rooms where we kept old furniture and my toys and stuff. 
As I moved to the front of the attic and opened the window facing the street, I could feel like someone was standing right behind me in the doorway of that room. It felt bad, like I shouldn't look, but I felt I couldn't just stop halfway through. It felt like I needed to close all the windows I'd opened or something bad would happen. So as I turned around, I could see a glimpse of some dark figure in my periphery. I was too scared to open the window in the other attic room facing the backyard, and I ended up rushing and closing all the windows because I could start to feel like I wasn't safe where I was standing physically outside my visualization of this house. Well, that's it for now. I haven't even gone into the things that happened in Peru, my home country. People have a lot of superstitions there, and once when I was a kid, I had to be taken to this spiritual lady and get an exorcism. Oh, my God. But let me know if you guys would like to hear those stories, too. Yes, Ugh. girl. That yes. just made me so Fiorella. freaked out. Fifi. While you're reading that, like, the closet is behind me, and I kept feeling, like, weird stuff coming from it, so now I'm just staring at it, so nothing creeps up on me. Oh, I know. I'm like, I have the shivers and my house is really hot right now. I have a few of those stories in the family, especially since it is a general consensus that my grandma's house is haunted. Thanks for reading my stories and I wish you guys the best with your podcast. Keep up the good work. P.S. Here's a pic of the of the music box thing and an audio clip of the glockenspiel song that the music box makes. So imagine hearing that when you're home alone at night in the other no, room. No, I don't want to. Room. That is for sure, like, dark demon energy. Like, ghosts, like, just do stuff like... The ghosts that do things like that, like, they want to make you scared, right? So they can, like, feed off of your, like... Right. Energy or whatever. And it sounds like you guys had some creep... I mean, the girl with the no face and the static, like, that's, like, you know, prime ghost material. That's... I agree with you. That's prime ghost. Let me describe to you what this music box looks like. I'm looking at a picture of it. I'll post it on the Instagram. It is a white music box with Santa Claus uh, holding onto some strings. I, it looks like maybe he moves when you play okay, it. Okay, that doesn't sound scary. <laughs> and in front of him, there's a little snowman that is shaped like a bear. And there's a Christmas tree and it's porcelain. Here, I'll show it to you. Oh, yeah, I mean, wait, now I'm seeing this in person. It just, like, looks like a, like, I see why the ghosts use it now because it's, like, porcelain. It's all white. And they're just like, oh, it's a ghost man holding a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, all white. And it looks just like ghost Santa holding a ghost snowman. Like, the snowman looks like a ghost, right? Yeah, it does. If you're a ghost and you just see this, like, snowman made out of porcelain, like, what else looks more like a ghost than that? Exactly. You know? I totally agree with you. It's probably, like oh yeah this is like how they want they want me to like interact with this they left it here for me like they don't know about christmas christmas is haunted all holidays are haunted i'm going on record right now holidays are haunted do you want to listen to the audio file she sent yeah but i'm not gonna like imagine it when my by myself in the house or whatever she wanted me to do because that's just crossing the line okay (laughs) okay let me find it i'm gonna send it to you right now oh my god it's like a scary movie it's like a scary Christmas movie and the one horse opens like dashing through the snow yeah fuck that yeah I don't I don't like that. Is Christmas haunted? I never thought of it before. I kind of just think all holidays are haunted. I'll give you I'll give you an example of a haunting from my past Christmas and it's it's funny. Okay. Um I my aunt gave me a chia pet for Christmas and she gave my brother a car. Mm. 
Oh, wait, like a real car? That's fucking haunted. Yes, she gave my brother a real car. <laughs> and you got a Chia pet? And she gave me a Chia pet. Now, okay, I love my aunt. And to be fair, it was a like an old classic car that she's had forever that she was getting rid of. And I am a renter, so I have nowhere to store this car. And my brother owns a home, so he can store it there. But it's just really fucking funny and haunted. It's like, here's a Chia pet unicorn for, for Allie. And then... Her brother gets a fucking wow, man. Were you bad that year? No, I am delightful a hundred percent of the time. (laughs) Wow, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe the chia pet could, you know, maybe if you would just grow it, you'd really see like it could just really help you manifest some things. I don't know. You know what? Now that you've said that, I'm thinking maybe this is a Jack and the Beanstalk type of situation where Jack came home with beans instead of a cow or whatever, and his dad was all pissed, but then he grew the Beanstalk that led to treasure. So what I'm saying is maybe Aunt Claudia gave me treasure, and I just Thanks, Aunt Claudia. You're building character. Thanks, Aunt Claudia. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this one comes from Natasha. I will start telling you guys that I love your podcast and I laugh with your conversations and stories. I am from Venezuela in Latin America. My name is Natasha. Hey, Natasha. I want to let you know that these two dreams that repeat without me wanting to. Oh, okay. The first one was when I was 14 or so. I had a dream where I was at home alone and suddenly someone knocks at my door, which is impossible because we have a grid that closes the access to the door of my apartment and my neighbors. But still, I walk to the door and when I open it, through that opening, a black and ghostly hand gets in and tries to push in my place. I wake up every time and I try to fall asleep. The dream returns to the point I was at when I wake up. This repeated last year when I was in my 30s. The second, I was 14 years old. I was walking around a little town where I live. It's a colonial style town with bright colored walls. At the main street, there was a man that calls me into a place and he gave me a bad vibe in the dream. I told him no and he said I was good looking and I would do a good job in there. And then I run in there and I run some stores away from there and there's a house of weird statues and suddenly I see a bunch of ghosts. This dream repeated early last year. But this time that man asked me to bring young girls to him. He recognized me. These are by far the most haunted dreams I had ever had and I hope they never repeat again. Wow. Dude, fuck. Also, how lame to be in the middle of a terrifying dream. You wake up, you're like, oh, thank God it's over. And then you fall asleep and you're right back in the dream, right where it left off. I mean, this ghost sucks. He's like trying to get her to like bring little girls to him to like sexually assault them i'm gonna assume yeah sounds like just a giant pervert just a giant pervert right i don't like that part but there was one part that like made me kind of laugh she says i told him no and he said i was good looking and i would do a good job in there and like it's just kind of funny if someone's like hey i need you to go in this room and you're like no i don't want to and they're like you're good looking and you'll do a good job in that room you're like well what am I going to do? Like, what am I like? What do you mean? I'll do a good job. Like if someone told me like, hey, I need you to like go to the mailbox right now. And I was like, no, I'm in the middle of some doing something. And they're like, but you're going to do a good job. Like it just might work. I might just be like, wait, what do you mean? I'm going to do a good job. Like I need this. Wait, what? Okay. You know? So we figured it out. If we ever need Natalia to do anything, we're just going to tell her she's good looking and that she'll do a good job at it. <laughs> Right, like the positive reinforcement. That might work for me too. I'm trying to think like 
<laughs> like, right. Like if my partner was just like, hey, I really need you to make the bed. And I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. I just got back from work. I can't. And then he's like, oh, but you're really good looking. And I feel like you do a really good job in there. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, oh. exactly. That's like, you know, you catch more honeys with flies. Wait. No, you <laughs> What is it? You catch more flies with honeys? You yeah, you catch more flies with honey or you catch more flies honey's with looking fly being haunted. I don't oh. know. There's something in there. You guys figure it out and Well, Natasha, that's a horrible dream. There's no um there's no way <laughs> no. to sugarcoat that for you. Uh you have a pedophile ghost that's haunting your dreams. I'm very sorry <laughs> for you. I really don't know what I can say to like, you know, turn that into a positive. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my god. I don't know. What am I supposed to say to that? <laughs> Natasha, that is haunted as fuck. Somebody, we have a lot of mediums that follow us. You guys interpret that dream for us. I feel like maybe she lives in a place that used to be a brothel and oh. like weird shit was going down there. And then when she falls asleep and like the line is blurred between our world and the supernatural world, maybe oh, she yeah. can like slip into that world temporarily. Right. Yeah, could be. Yeah, and, and the ghost thinks she's going to be, like, the new madam or something. Yeah, scary as fuck. This one comes from Delaney. Hi, guys. I love the podcast, and I just started listening in quarantine. I just wanted to say that a mouse ear is a type of medicinal plant from Europe that's used for things like asthma. I found this on Google. I guess that creepy <laughs> rabbit doctor wasn't entirely crazy. <laughs> Sorry for correcting, but I'm so bored and I was curious about the mouse here, so I looked it up. Love the show, Delaney. P.S. Can you do a vampire episode since Midnight Sun is coming out? Um, yeah, so what can. she's referring to is there was an episode I did about like what was it about like an abort or like a fertility ritual or something for like yeah, seventeen was- centuries. Yeah, you were talking. Well, it was the Haunted Habsburgs episode and you ended up talking about how um, fertility treatments and I think it was the 17th century were just like haunted as fuck. Right. And like this guy just kept saying, go get mouse ears and mix it with wine. And we were like, this guy is sponsored by wine. (laughs) And mouse ears. Yeah. Okay. But she's saying that mouse ear is a type of medicinal plant from Europe. And all it was, was a simple Google search that revealed this information. (laughs) This is why our podcast fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, people are like, oh, my God, that's so interesting. I've never heard of this case. And then, like, what they need to realize is that it's not even real. Like, we just have, like, misinterpreted facts. (laughs) Thank you, Delaney, for telling us that. Okay, this one comes from Kate P. Kate says, hello, I'm Kate, and I'm 16 years old. I just recently found your podcast, and I love it. I listen to it while I crochet, and it's one of the best parts of my day. I've always been scared of ghosts and everything, but your way of telling the stories makes them seem a lot less scary. I have a story of my own I'd like to share, so I hope you like it. Just a quick disclaimer, I have dyslexia, so the spelling might be off, so I'm sorry about that. So I just want to say, first of all, Kate, I'm reading this, and your spelling is on point, so don't even trip. Okay, my whole life I have had a memory of a stone in the forest. The stone is covered in carvings and is large, and there are two children next to it. I have always assumed that it was a memory or a dream from earlier in my life. 
I often dream or remember things in third person. So I, oh, haunted. She remembers things in third person. Yeah. That's what we learned in episode five, the ghost test. You are psychic. Yeah, you're psychic and you got ghosts. (laughs) I often dream or remember things in third person. So I just thought it was me and my twin sister. I have never had any doubt that I have seen this before. And I've always had it clearly in my mind. This is where it gets weird. When I was 11, my grandparents took me to Italy for the first time in my life. They decided to take us to the Mostri Park, or Park of Monsters, named for the most famous rock. When we were there, I saw the exact same stone from my memory. I freaked out and started asking if I had been there when I was little. But my grandparents were confused and told me that I had never been there before. I don't know if this is from a past life or if it's just a weird coincidence, but I have absolutely no doubt that that is the same place. And now I have two memories of a place I've only been to once. I tried to find a picture of the stone, but it's not one of the famous ones, so I couldn't find it. But if you Google the park, you can get a pretty good idea of what it looks like. Thank you for reading my story and thank you for your podcast, Kate. Okay, Kate, I just want to say you were feeling self-conscious about your spelling, but one of your, first of all, you shouldn't have been self-conscious. And second of all, you have a sentence in here that literally gave me the chills. She says, um, I now have two memories of a place that I've only been to once. That is fucking haunted. Yeah, that, that gave is haunted. me goosebumps. Um, yeah, what is this rock about? Can you draw this rock? Like, I think you need to research this rock more. Maybe if you were to find out, um, like if you just like Googled like symbols or things like that, like go on a Google hunt, figure out where these symbols are coming from. Like maybe it's, you know, runes or maybe it's just in a language that you've never seen before. And then that maybe is going to give us the next clue. But for you to be having these like memories about this place that you've never been and then you see the rock. I don't know. Yeah. And I wonder, too, it says that her grandparents took them to Italy. I wonder what the connection there is. Like, maybe her grandparents are Italian. They're from Italy. Maybe she's seeing a vision of one of her ancestors that went to this park. Mm -hmm. And if that's what it is, why would her ancestors be giving her this vision in dream form about this place? And then she goes and visits it. And she's like, this is the fucking place I've been dreaming about. I guess in a way, it would be comforting to know that you're supposed to be at that park, right? Like she was supposed to visit it in real life and that's why she had been dreaming about it. Right, it's like a deja vu situation. I don't know, I want to know what the rock looks like. Like, is this a small rock? Is this a big rock? What does she mean, like there's a rock? You can Google it, it's Monstry Park. How do you spell it? M-O-S-T-R-I Park. Oh, fuck this place. Ah! Let me, show me, show me. Oh no. No, 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 no. Why? I don't like that. Why is it like a man getting ready to suck a dicks? Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it looks like a, okay, so the entrance to this park is like a staircase, and then you go up through what looks like a demon with his mouth open as the door. So he's swallowing you. But it's like a very, like, sexual mouth opening. It's not just like a normal, like, oh, I'm opening my mouth. It's like a very much like a, you know, like a, a dick sucking mouth what the fuck is up with this park dude look at this wait show me there's like this woman like doing the splits and you walk through her vagina what the fuck (laughs) this is a very sexual park (laughs) why were two small children in her vision at this sexual ass park 
Okay, I so you don't know that is haunted. So at first I was thinking she was like, oh, yeah, like I saw a rock and it's got symbols on it. And I was picturing like a little worry stone, you know, that's like in your hand. But, right. But now I'm picturing like a giant pyramid of Giza with just like a bunch of fucked up sex symbols on it after seeing this mark, this mm, park. I don't like it. Yeah, I want to go there now, though. <laughs> <laughs> OK, last email. This email comes from Ava B. Hi, Nat and Allie. First off, I love your podcast so much. I just discovered it a couple of weeks ago and binge listened to all of it over the holidays. It's such a great blend of casual and informative, and all the topics are always so interesting. Whenever new episodes are released, my day always gets so much better. Thank you, Ava. Yeah, thanks. Now, on to the spooky part. I lived in San Diego, California for most of my childhood, while my parents were trying to figure out if they wanted to move down there for work. We took a vacation in the area. I was about two and a half at the time, so we visited places like SeaWorld, Legoland, and Old Town. Old Town is one of the earliest settlements of San Diego, dating back to the early 19th century. There are many cemeteries around the area, and only a couple of blocks away from the historic park sits the Whaley House, which was built on a graveyard and was the site of multiple deaths. I have never heard of this place. That does not sound like good vibes. Parking there's not great, so we parked a few blocks away and my parents walked me over in a stroller so I was unable to see my surroundings. As we're about a block away from the park's main entrance, I interrupted my parents' conversation by very solemnly saying, the dead are here and they are angry. A two and a half year old in a stroller Wait. says to her parents, the dead are here and they are angry. Wait, can two-year-olds even talk? Yeah, they can talk. What do they say? Like, stuff like that? Like, do they do they say, like, can I have some carrots? Or do they say the dead are here and they are angry? Well, apparently they say the dead <laughs> are here and they are angry. And at that point, we turn around and we go, forget that this is what's happening. <laughs> so she says, needless to say, my parents were pretty freaked out and we left pretty quickly after that. For years, I was under the impression that I said this in front of the cemetery associated with the nearby church, but my dad and I visited the area over New Year's, and when I asked him where I said that, he pointed directly to the Whaley House without hesitation. After we permanently moved down to San Diego when I was almost four, I started seeing spectral figures standing around my bed dressed in mid-19th century clothing. Uh. I don't know whether I was dreaming or conscious, but either way, seeing them always filled me with dread. The figures were translucent and blue. It was almost always either five or six figures, but sometimes only two. When all six were there, it was always three women, two men, and a baby. The baby would always be the one missing if it was five. And when it was just two, it was usually just the two men. It was only recently when the BuzzFeed Unsolved episode on the Whaley House came out that I learned that the people who died in the Whaley House were three men or three women, two men, and a baby. <gasps> I stopped seeing them around when I was 10 and hadn't thought much about them in over a decade. Have a lovely new year, Ava. She literally saw the family uh, that was murdered. I don't know anything about the Whaley House. We might have to do an episode on it. But she literally saw the people who, were, who died in the Whaley House. So she's a medium then? That's why they come to her? I don't know. I have no idea. Or her sixth sense is just like super in tune. Well, I mean, to be two years old and to just like have that kind of connection with... Go you know, I, I like I my brain just can't process this like I'm trying to think of something to say and I, I feel like people who see spirits when they're babies it just means that like I don't know if you believe in reincarnation but stories like this make me believe in reincarnation because 
it's like people sensing a past life or people being close enough, like they're just now born, right? So if you believe that spirits can be recycled, then that means someone who was just born two years ago is going to be closer to their past life than someone like you or I in our late 20s. So when I hear a story like that, I'm just like, this is a case for reincarnation. Like, I don't know if she knew these people in the past. I don't know if she was one of these people in the past. She said the baby disappeared every once in a while. Maybe she's the reincarnation of the baby. I don't know. It's haunted. I wonder, you know, because you're young, you start off and you, you know, you're, you haven't seen anything. You haven't had any negative experiences. So you can like see ghosts and whatever. And then... After a few years of living in this capitalist society, you can no longer connect with your birthright of seeing and communicating with spirits. Okay, new plan. We get Nicolas Cage, we steal the Declaration of Independence, and we add in there that every man, woman, and child has the right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and seeing ghosts. We're doing it right now. You have the right to bear ghosts. That's right. (laughs) Let's change the Second Amendment. You have the right to bear ghost arms. That's what it is. Congratulations. We've solved the world's problems. This is a side note, but the entire time that we've been doing this podcast, has your like audio and technology like through the phone been really weird, like really slow and then get really fast and like glitch out a little bit? No. Mine's been doing that this entire time. And I thought like, oh, it's probably just low battery or something. And I kept like getting weird vibes because I was like scared or whatever. But now I just put the phone on the charger and it's still doing it. It's like speeding up and slowing down. And I don't know. It's weird. Do you think the government is like listening to us because we're exposing the truth? And our assigned CIA agent is listening right now. We are too close to the truth. I wonder if like what if our like assigned FBI agent like writes in a letter and they're like, hey, Nat and Allie, I just started listening to your podcast. (laughs) I'm like, I'm a huge fan. Let me tell you about some haunted things that have happening to me since I've been doing surveillance. (laughs) Oh my. (laughs) And then they're like, like, first of all, one time I was in a van. That's, that's, that's really fucking funny. That might be the funniest shit you've ever said on this podcast. I feel like we have to end it there. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for writing in. Oh my God. I literally texted Alyssa today and I was like, hey, maybe you should edit out the, edit out the part where I said fuck you to the new followers because I or new listeners because I felt bad. I was like thinking about it yeah. and I was like, wait, like. I guess I don't like them because in my mind they're like not in let's they're not like family so I'm like what are you doing here but then I thought about it and I was like wait that's how people become family right like they all have to start like <laughs> listening they're not outsiders they're just like new they're new listeners it's okay I had to like really calm myself down and talk to myself about it and be like no 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 they're new they're just new listeners they're still listeners <laughs> you guys welcome to our haunted family are bad vibes and good vibes podcasts right. we get both we've got positive hauntings we've got negative hauntings you're a new listener you are bad vibes right now because you don't understand how this podcast works and you're probably confused right. but with time you, you will understand and you will appreciate and we will appreciate you right yeah right you have to earn our we respect do appreciate you <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, well, do you want to do the sign-off, Natalia? You're, do you do it. It's your turn. Oh. Um, uh, shit. There's so many haunted things that happened. 
Um, BRB, gotta go listen to a haunted glockenspiel Santa Claus snowman thing. Is that... <laughs> Wait, BRB, wow. BRB, wow, great. hold on. <laughs> BRB, gotta go. Um, BRB, got, I don't know, man. Gotta go, BRB, BRB, gotta go do a real good job at, at something. Yeah, BRB, gotta go do a real good job at making the bed. There you go. Bye. Bye. Bye.